You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. And that's the end of the season for UTEP football. They finished the season 5-7. and seven. UTSA rallies back and beats them 34-31. That's, uh, that's how we start things off here on Minor Talk. Adrian brought us along with Sal Montes. Uh, this is going to be a heated show. This is going to be a long show. We're in it for the long haul. Uh, we're going to take calls right away. We're not going to waste any time. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Twitter is going crazy. It is exploding right now. Uh, what an emotional roller coaster this game really was. UTEP losing in the final seconds. Uh, they were up in this game 24 to nothing. They had a 24 nothing lead against Conference USA's best team in UTSA. The team who came into this game winning eight straight games, uh, having won seven of their Conference USA games really demolishing opponents and those opponents that they didn't uh, beat uh, I mean excuse me demolish they would rally back and uh, win in some kind of miracle kind of like today Uh, but I I, you know what a week for UTEP athletics what a week that we've been experiencing right here to start things off uh, for UTEP men's basketball Sal to start things off and and to end things here in uh, UTEP football the way it did today what a wild, wild week of UTEP athletics. I'm ready for this week to be over, Salmontes. Oh, man, tell me about it. This was uh, basically UTEP's season in a nutshell, right? You've seen the best and you've seen the absolute worst all in the same game. It was just a condensed version. And, um, you know, you finish the season at 5-7. and seven. Yeah, they, they, they had a good chance. Nobody expected them, you know, to be in this game. But it doesn't matter when... This was the last game of the year, and you needed to win this game to extend your season. Who cares if it was UTSA? Who cares if it was Oklahoma? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's who's on that other side. You go out there and you get a twenty-four to nothing lead. That says a lot about who you are, but more importantly about um, who who they're going up against. We saw the difference between um, you know a, a for real team or a team that can kind of look like it at times but not get it done. Uh, let's uh, real quick go through this game. Then we'll go to our phones. Uh, our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Miners were off to such a great start. 14 to nothing. It was a Tyron Smith 45-yard touchdown reception, a Ronald Awat rushing yard t- uh, rushing touchdown, and the Miners were up just like that. Defense played great early on. They extended their lead. Uh, it was a Tyron Smith pass to Trent Thompson that had me uh, literally going. I had to yelp after hearing that or seeing that pass right there. Uh, Tyron Smith, the wide receiver, gets it on the double reverse, floats it up to tight end Trent Thompson, who calls it in for a 56-yard reception. Uh, that sets up a Brownholtz rushing touchdown from 23 yards out. They're up 24 to nothing right before half. But then UTSA gets their first touchdown with ease. I mean, they beat the secondary. They start to pick apart UTEP secondary and really going over the top. They score their first touchdown. Okay, well, UTEP shrugs that off. No problem. They have a solid drive. They're going all the way inside Roadrunner territory. And then Calvin Brownholtz is picked off for an interception for a touchdown. Uh, they run it back. It should have been, Sal. It should have been. This entire Dana yeah. Dimmel era has been filled with uh, late ha- first-half collapse 
losses. I mean, whether it's uh, the defensive breakdowns, whether it's allowing a touchdown late in this, and now it's the offense crumbling in a late situation in the first half. They should have been up, I mean, realistically, 27-7, okay? They get a field goal out of that drive. Maybe they don't score a touchdown. That's fine. Go into the half 27-7 with the ball coming out of the half, and you score on that one to open up the third quarter. That's a difference maker right there, an interception for a touchdown. How many times have we talked about I think this is the fourth time this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Probably so, and uh, if it's not through the air, it's on the ground, right? A a defensive touchdown. Last week, was it a a scoop and score? That's right. If I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's the tough part, right, is you're you're scoring on offense, but guess what? You you also... uh, you also hand the ball off, and it's another touchdown, whether it be through the air or a handoff. So it, it sucks, man. Those are – I want to say the differences for other teams, but it is part of the uh, the puzzle that makes up uh, these UTEP blenders, but this is a big, big piece of that puzzle. That's exactly right. And out of the half, UTEP had a great drive. They, they made – people feel a little bit more comfortable. They had a little distance. All right, 31-14. But then UTSA scores right away, and they build on that. They score 17 unanswered, including what uh, really ended up being the difference of the game. Um, a lot of fans were very upset with the officiating with uh, that was going on between UTSA and UTEP. Uh, they felt like the 11 penalties were egregious toward the minors. Um, UTEP was called for a offensive face mask play uh, off a Calvin Brownholds 44-yard scramble on the right side and Brownholds had that offensive face mask right there that really flipped the game and it actually hurt him as we found out in the post game with uh, head coach Dana Dimmel saying that uh, Calvin Brownholds played the majority of the end of the game with a uh, you know a hurt or torn hamstring whatever whatever he ended up saying as far as what kind of injury that Calvin Brownholds played through uh, that's what that's the play that he suffered that injury on that was a very question call. I don't know how you call that offensive face mask right there. That would have been a difference maker because if Calvin Brownholds gets that run, they're inside UTSA territory. They get that face mask penalty. That's first and goal UTEP. They, they probably punch it in and score it on that drive, Sal. You, you know what? I think so, but but the, the other part is um, so many false starts that, that derailed them too. So this this would have been huge, but it's just part of, of everything that went wrong today. Because if you're going to harp on, on you know, instances like that, well, you have other opportunities to make it up, but you blunder it by terrible clock management one way or the other. So Fair enough. You, you, you could have countered that by just being smarter out there, even though this was a questionable call. Fair enough, because who's to say UTEP scores and UTSA just scores right back? I mean, you're exactly yeah. right, Sal. The way, the flow of the second half didn't matter what UTEP did. They could have scored at the end. UTSA was going to find a way to try to win that game, and I, I think that's the be- best overarching point you just made, because then Brownholds has the second interception, albeit he's a little injured. It's 31-31 going into the fourth quarter, and he has that interception. The defense has a stop. Jadrian Taylor with the huge sack. The offense has a three and out. They boot it back to UTSA and just like you pointed out, Sal, they don't have timeouts. They called all these timeouts earlier in the game and as a result, UTSA is able to bleed the clock, run the timeout, yeah. kick the game-winning field goal and that's how this one ends 34-31. A complete collapse, a complete disappointment. This is a 5-7 and seven finish for this UTEP football team and yeah, sure, you want to talk about positives out of this game? I didn't think they'd be even close in this contest against uh, UTSA. I didn't think 
think they stood a chance against the best team in Conference USA. Uh, I thought that there were a lot of positives. You could give a lot of credit to the seniors. Ray Flores played an outstanding game. I wouldn't fault any of the current players. Jadrian Taylor, what a great game he had. Kelton Moss, yeah. great game on the defensive line. Loved what I saw from Calvin Brownholds fighting through everything that he did today. Ray Flores, the Isleta standout, you just think this guy, um, he walked on this team. And to think of how he was an integral part of this group, it's kind of like Warren Reddick's. It's kind of like all the great uh, El Paso product players who end up being successful with UTEP. It's something to tip your hat off to, and and that's something that those players really deserve a lot of credit. Now to the negatives. Time management, clock management, timeouts that are uncharacteristic. The secondary, it was abysmal today. Uh, I feel bad for freshman uh, Amir Boyd-Matthews. He was getting picked on every single play uh, by Frank Harris, and every time he would switch on to a different receiver, uh, Frank Harris would find wherever he was and try to pick at him again. Josiah Allen struggled. Even Kobe Hilton, who's a seasoned vet, he had some struggles in this game. And I, I can't blame him too much because on the other side, we're talking about Conference USA player the year and Frank Harris who's uh, doing what he's doing you got to give a little credit to UTSA and uh, what they're able to show but there's no excuse you cannot er you cannot give me any justification that UTEP should not have held on to that 24 nothing lead that will haunt them that will haunt them throughout this whole offseason and now at five and seven we can clearly put a stamp on it it was a disappointing year for UTEP football yeah and the the scary part about this too Adrian is looking at the score here Every touchdown that they had was in five plays or less. So when it comes down to ball control, and yeah, you're scoring touchdowns, but you also want to burn some of that clock too. UTSA is a monster. So when they were when the miners were up twenty four to nothing, we were texting to. I'm thinking, hey, you know what? It's really nothing for UTSA to score two to three touchdowns before the end of the half. And what do you know? It was twenty four nothing. Then they go into the half down ten, and we saw what happened with the Roadrunners in the second half. So the margin for error is so so slim when you're a team trying to beat UTSA, but when you're UTSA, and it's also against UTEP, uh, you you can you can mess around for about a half or so and then play serious football for one to two quarters and run away with it yeah you're, you're exactly right there Sal I, I don't know man I just feel like for this for this team just having this opportunity right in front of them bowl eligibility on the line I think that this season is kind of this this game is kind of a reflection of how this season went for UTEP football it yeah. was just a lot of a lot of promise a lot of hope and then coming up short at the end, and I think you saw that in the La Tech loss. You saw that in the Middle Tennessee game. You saw how they went against Rice on the road, feeling confident that week, thinking that they were going to win, and then losing uh, ultimately in that game. And I get it. There had been injuries on this team. This team faced a lot of adversity, but... I, we all hold this program to a high standard, injuries or not. I, I feel like football is different than other sports where in football you have to hold teams to a higher standard and understand that, hey, there are going to be injuries, but you're only as good as you're too deep in football. You have to be prepared to get your depth tested. And I don't think the, that UTEP at certain positions, linebacker, uh, corner, sa safety, they didn't expect to be tested this much. But still, Sal, I mean, that's why you go out and recruit the right guys. Am I right on this? No, yeah, you're building a team, and sure, you, your starters are your best players, right? But they can't play the whole game, and also, as we saw, things happen. Injuries happen, unfortunately, so our guys going to step up and, and make those types of plays? Are they going to be put in position? That's another thing, too. Are they going to be put in position to make the plays? There's a whole lot of factors out there, but the point is you're as strong as your weakest link. 
You're exactly right there, Sal. Uh, our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Let's get to Twitter. Oh, man, it's, it's brutal on Twitter right now, but let's let's get it going. Uh, we are not going to hold back on Twitter. Well, at least we'll, we'll try to filter out as, as much as we can. Let's start off with AntFlow22. Can we start a GoFundMe to buy out Dimmel and Center's contracts? Uh, this coming in from Devious. Ugh. Uh, this coming in from Herman Flores. Only Dimmel can blow a 24 to nothing lead. This coming in from Alfonso Frias. I feel bad for the players, but that second half was a microcosm of everything wrong with UTEP football. Hey, he hit it right on the head. He said exactly what I just mentioned right there. Felt like a reflection of what this season really was, This the way that they finished out today. Uh, Ryan Vidalis tweets the show, and just like that, UTEP pulls a UTEP, and it's a tie game, and then they lose it. My God. Uh, this coming in from Rip City Trades. Any Power 5 need an offensive coordinator with a head coaching experience? <laughs> Minor talk, they really blew a 24-point lead. Uh, this is going to be like 24-8, to eight, right, Sal? Like, UTSA can hang this over UTEP for a while now. This is their sixth straight win. Hey, there's no rivalry. They're not going to play no. in any time anytime soon, so this might be the last time we see UTEP versus UTSA. UTSA going on to the American Athletic. Of course, UTEP back and staying with Conference USA. Hey, UTEP had their chance, and they've had their chances over the years, but UTSA has just been, uh, you know, the best team in the league for sure the last two years. Some will say the last three or four. Doesn't matter. We we know that they're for real. Coach Trailer is a, a well-respected guy, not only in Conference USA, but beyond that, that guy's going to have a lot of money coming at him. And guess what? UTSA, they can have the ability to back that up, as we just saw with the extension this past offseason. That's very true. That's very true, Sal. And, uh, you know, it, it brings up the point of what's what's to come in the future with this uh, program. Um, this is an offseason of uncertainty. You're losing 23 standout seniors, some really good players out of that mix. You're losing a lot of really good guys. What's what's going to happen in the future? I mean, Dimmel, the, the encouraging thing is you heard Dimmel say um, that he feels good about the early signing class. Uh, I guess that's kind of a wait and see. I like some of the names that they're reaching out to so far. And they've hit on the JUCO guys, but um, I would say that this past time around, they failed at a couple positions. Like, they could have been a little deeper at linebacker, which proved to be just fine, right? I mean, Cal Wallerstead, uh, Tyrese Knight, they did just fine at that position. They could have been deeper at the se- in the secondary. I think that's where they really struggled this year uh, when you really look back on it. And then the defensive line, it suffered a lot of injuries. I mean, today without Keenan Stewart, uh, Sione Tonga-Ua, who's been good, Tia uh, Tavita Tafuda, they were all out today. That's tough. I mean, no one thought that was going to be the case. And then how about the offensive line play, Sal? It was just it, it just was kind of abysmal today. A uh, ton of false start penalties. Oh. Uh, just seemed like the center was not in sync with uh, quarterback Calvin Brownholtz. It was frustrating to watch that offensive front. And you know what? Here's where here's where we can look at it and just see the the atrociousness that we saw today right so in the second half um second possession for utep you know there's that big run it gets called back all right then after that it's first and 10 still all right they still got the um uh, they still retain first down but it's first and 10 and then there's a holding penalty and then after that there's a false start and then there's only a one yard run okay then they get to third and 14 well guess what another false start so that is one two um i see shoot maybe two false starts a holding oh man 
That, so, how do you win in that? How, it, how are you it, supposed to win? So what was first and 10 at the 37 uh, wound up being second and 24 ultimately and then third and 19. So th- it's ridiculous, man, what's going on or what went on with um, with the penalties. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, I understand that there were some questionable calls, but these little things right here that there were a lot of is why, in my opinion, UTEP lost this game. It wasn't the music because you still had plenty <laughs> of time to, um, to, to make up those mistakes. Here's my thoughts on the music real quick I think if you want to say hey uh, it's blaring there are certain times when they're supposed to play and there are certain times when they're not we're going to alert the officials and if it doesn't get better we're going to continue to alert the officials I get that there's you have every right to do that right there but to blame it all on the call and to blame it all on the the music that was blaring uh, I just don't buy that because there are big situations big college football atmospheres right there be prepared for any loud or any noise in, in that case right it's the it's the fact of playing in Conference USA and not going to stadiums that have that type of atmosphere. Go. When there teams are winning and they're damn good, the fans are going to show out. And we've seen that with UTSA. We saw it for, for some spurts here in um, here at the Sun Bowl, especially the first game of the year against North Texas. That was a sellout, right? right. So, so you got to see how loud that it can be. And, and there's the advantage of, hey, the waves bounce back and forth because they're in the mountains. It's just some scientific fact that every announcer who's calling their first game at the Sun Bowl um, – mentions out but also too uh, another interesting thing is even after the music was stopped uh, coach demo mentioned they were starting the play clock right wow. away after so it's like well is it the music or is it the play clock or is it your clock management yeah it's very true it's it's a very good point you bring that up there so um and and yeah it's one of those things right there where I don't know if it's the excuses that are piling up. I don't. I don't necessarily want to knock that too much, but I do want to say this: uh, when it comes, and maybe, all right, maybe I'll I'll, t- I'll play devil's advocate and say, all right, maybe the the noise did lead to the miscommunication that ended up being the Calvin Brown holds interception that was taken back for a touchdown. I'll I'll give that right there. But even then, I wouldn't blame the refs overwhelmingly on this game. There were many opportunities for UTEP to try to capitalize on different situations. Sure, the face mask penalty, I couldn't stand that one either. I didn't like that call. But to put this on the officials, to blame whether it was uh, you know no calls, uh, the play clock that wasn't running, any of that. If you want to go go that route, I just don't want to. I don't want to go there because I feel like UTEP had those opportunities today. Twenty four nothing lead right there. That says it all. You you should protect that lead. There should be no excuses. And the difference between the two is even with the twenty four nothing lead, you still have that sense of hey, this one's. You know, UTSA has a chance to come back versus being down twenty four nothing to UTSA. There you go. You already know for sure that it's over. So when you when you're still not over that line, you know that glass half empty, glass half full. If you're still on that half empty type of feel, that says a lot about the team. I agree completely on that one, Sal. It, it's a reflection of where this team is right now. So, there you go. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Let's keep going to Twitter. Got a ton of tweets to get to. Uh, Alfonso Frias follows it up. Feel bad for the players, but that second half... Oh, no, he, I already read this one. David Castro tweets the show. My thoughts after the game and after the season. Calvin Brownholds played tremendous, but also cost us tremendously. In many ways, we need a quarterback is number two. Number three, secondary just needs help. Number four, disappointing season starting with the opener. Number five, basketball season is here. 
at UTEP football at 600 ESPN El Paso. To his second point, we need a quarterback. Uh, that's a hanging storyline that we have going into the offseason. Uh, Gavin Hardison technically has a year coming back. Calvin Brownholtz, this was his final game either way. Or, you know, in the bowl game, that could have been his final game as well. But this was going to be his finale. Uh, he promised uh, his family that he would be working for the family business after the season and that he would be moving on to other things. So, uh, what's going to happen at the quarterback position? I think that is a very valid question. Now, do they run it back with Gavin Hardison, knowing that this could be a senior year and he could be uh, somebody who has veteran experience, was hurt at the end of this year? Uh, if you wanted to make the argument for Hardison, it's there. Somebody who's started for three years, somebody who has taken this team to a bowl game, there's an argument that, hey, if he was, uh, you know, and, and I'm not making this argument, but some people might argue that if, if Hardison was active, if he was healthy, whatever it may be, what ends up happening? with this season. Now, I would argue that Calvin Brownholtz was the guy at the end of the year who took UTEP to another level and helped kind of transform the team for what it had. It had more run-based guys, and uh, it's it, it was kind of reflected today as well. UTEP ran the ball about two to one times uh, in terms of how many times they pass it. Two to one ratio right there. Uh, but yeah, when, when I'm just looking at this team right here, uh, needing a quarterback, I think they just need to have a couple. If they're going to run it back with Hardison, you have to at least bring another guy in to try to compare compete for that starter job but if you're going to run it back with Hardison and bring it back to next year I just don't think fans are going to be that excited about that Sal and that's uh that's if he comes back right because the transfer portal is out there thank you you beat me to it there you, you know go. what I mean and, and that's another part to it I'm not saying hey he's leaving everybody we don't know but it's it's college football transfer portal is out there it's an option available for everybody as they definitely you know deserve to explore that option so uh, that that's another thing to consider but I mean the most comfortable pick re- regarding you know uh, regardless rather whoever you're gonna choose, Assuming Hardison is here is going to be Hardison. Yeah, that's that's definitely right. So I'm curious to see what what he decides to do. Does he come back to UTEP or does he hit the portal and maybe try to go elsewhere? It's a really interesting kind of question right there. And maybe is it on the UTEP side of things? Maybe does UTEP want to see a little bit of a change at quarterback? I'm curious to see how they handle that spot, uh, even how they get in front of it. I want to see how they recruit in early signing period, who they bring in, because if they bring in a JUCO quarterback, maybe that's kind of writing on the wall right there. At the same time, Dimmel has always said how complex his offense, how he claims his offense is, uh, maybe that would make him more inclined to try to run it back with Gavin Hardison. Who knows? But it's an interesting storyline question. We'll keep it running right here. Minor Talk continues. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. UTSA beats UTEP in the final seconds. 34-31. They didn't lead in the entire game and the final game-winning field goal was the only time they led in the whole contest. Let's go to George who's joining us on the phone lines to get things started. George, welcome aboard. Good evening. What's going on? You know, it, it's 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 been a roller coaster of emotions. Disappointment being the last of it. You know, we had a, a reasonable uh, sized lead, and we ended up blowing it. And I just think it's lack of coaching. I just think it's lack of lack of discipline, and and it's just not going with with the one that the, the lady that that brought you. You stick to the running game. Stop being so cute. Uh, relinquish some of the some of the responsibilities of, of calling the plays and be a coach and hold these kids accountable. You know these penalties. I understand it was allowed. It was. Do you want to use excuses? But why don't you start shouldering some of the responsibilities as a coach and say, you know what, I messed up. Clock management. 
He calls a timeout just to just to get some kind of play that doesn't work. Go with what is working. Period. You know, it's just frustrating to see these kids that are trying. Now, UTSA did not beat us. We beat ourselves. We beat ourselves. The players making these mistakes, uh, you know, falling apart, not being able to show composure with a lead and, and just hold it. I mean, Adrian, come on. It's not that difficult. It's not, bro. I yeah, mean, I, just, I mean, look, I'm you're frustrated. hitting the you're you're hitting the nail on the head right now, George. You're you're on fire right here because when you're telling me when you're telling me over here uh, all these different things that UTEP did wrong in this game and how it kind of boils down to to coaching. How can you look away from that? It's in game adjustments that could have happened. The clock management is so frustrating. It's beyond frustrating, and it's not like this is just the first game this has happened. This seems like it's happened all year long, where it's inopportune timeout uh, calls, and then the more frustrating ones are out of a timeout a false start penalty or out of a timeout a poorly executed play then what did you call the timeout for a timeout to me you either call it because a you're in a late game situation and you need time or b you're going to dial up the best play that you have in your playbook and get a touchdown those are the only two excuses and i have in my head when you call timeouts in those situations but i'm not a coach i mean what do i know but at least at least i'm here back back uh you know looking at this game from afar thinking UTEP shouldn't have blown this lead George they, they had it in their hands they could have been bowl eligible instead of watching their season just crumble right before them exactly Adrian I was not even watching the game I was at the lunchbox I was I was watching the box scores I mean I was game casting it and uh I, w- I was keeping updates with my son he was giving me the updates because he was watching it, mm-hmm. and we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe that UTEP had that big of a lead starting out from the gate, and we ended up blowing it, Adrian. They should have coasted. How did we end up blowing a 24-point lead? And, and it just goes to show the, the season that we've had. We've had the ups and we've had the downs, but when we're down, we're down. I mean, how do you, how do you throw a pick six being that close to the – I mean, we've seen just it done before. Ball. Run I mean, the ball. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the first time we've had a pick six in that kind of situation, goal line situation, and the guy ends up running it back. You know, read the writing on the walls. I've already said it once, and I say, say it again. Go with what works. What was working was the run. It was working. You have a brown hold. You have a, a, a plethora of running backs. Hey, give me a break. Run the ball, run the ball, live to see another down. You know, don't, don't keep, don't, don't put the hands in the quarterback's hands, you know, and, and expect him to, to throw a great pass. I mean, I don't, I I don't uh, have anything against Brownholes or, or Hardison, but they are not good quarterbacks. They, I mean, Brownholes is a running quarterback. Stay with what's working, stay with what's working. You know, I you might want to say I was gonna I wanted to play it safe. I wanted them to play it safe, but that's what's gonna win you games. And plus, you know, once 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 they had that momentum, UTSA they never looked back. That's right. Because UTEP did what UTEP does best, and and what we shot ourselves in the foot. We couldn't recover. Why couldn't recover? Because of poor clock management, dumb penalties, and and just overall horrible play. 
Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Hey, George, I, I got to keep it moving, man. You, I hear your frustrations right there. I, I understand where you're coming from, and it's one of those things that uh, we really saw throughout the whole season. We saw uh, a frustrating, you know, frustrating losses left and right, and unfortunately for UTEP, they couldn't bounce back. George, great phone call. It's always great to hear from you. Thank you, and I appreciate the phone call. Let's keep things moving on our phone lines. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009, 915 we're having a we we uh, just had a couple people on the phones right now. If you're waiting to get on, just uh, hang on with us. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Coming up next, let's go to Twitter real quick. Got a bunch of tweets to get to. Poncho getting uh, going on Twitter. Uh, UTEP dominated all the stats except the score. At least they kept it close. But at the end of the day, UTEP is still uh, UTSA's. Uh, and he said a bad word there. Okay. Uh, well, I get you. Uh, UTEP is still UTSA's expletive. That's what I'll say. Why wasn't Brownholds the starting quarterback all season? Uh, I know some people might ask that. I know that uh, people don't feel that great about how this whole season went, but they rolled with Hardison. Hardison had a bowl game win under his belt, and uh, to his credit, Hardison played uh, as well as he could up to the point where, you know, uh, I, I feel like Hardison played the best when we all knew how Hardison could play. And Hardison's best games were when he was high, vo- uh, low volume passing, didn't pa- have that many pass attempts. That's when he was at his finest. And I felt like he was uh, the best at that point. Um, so there, there you go right there. Let's keep things moving. Our, tel- our telephone number, 915-505-6009. This is coming in from Jacob Rubio. Players really wanted it. Coaching blew it. We got out coached in the second half. Uh, this coming in from King Eric on the show. Uh, the New Mexico loss was the very bottom of the season. No reason why they should have lost to them or La Tech. If Kyle Ma- if uh, excuse me, if McNamara is supposed to be that good, start him now. You have nothing to lose. All the good players are gone anyway, especially on defense. Wow, uh, King Eric, um, coming off the top rope. I don't really know how to react to that one right there. Uh, the New Mexico loss being the very bottom of the season. I agree with that. Uh, that was probably the the downfall of this group. But uh, I there was no reason that they should have lost to La Tech. But I don't think McNamara should be playing at quarterback. I'm sorry, I just don't. That's just not the that's not the case at all. Uh, let's uh, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Justin tweeting into the show. Tough tough loss for UTEP. In a game where you go up 24-0 and lead for 99% of the game, you have to win. Another losing season for Dimmel and disappointing finish. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, also, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, UTEP Mineto tweets the show. Uh, I said it would be the coaches that would win or lose the game. And uh, the coaches, players did their part. Head coach can't manage games. He lost the game, period. At Adrian Bratis at Salmontes, hashtag minor talk. That's coming in from Mineto. Um, this coming in from uh, Christopher Carillo. Once again, the miners don't have that killer instinct, and we look back at the New Mexico game. Oh, well, there's always next year, hashtag minor talk. I really don't know what comes next year. I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused as to what happens next year, Christopher. So, uh I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Let's keep things moving on the phones. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Let's welcome on Kevin. I know he was actually there on site at the game. Uh, UTSA defeating UTEP 34-31. Kevin, you're on site in San Antonio. Oh, man, this this is brutal, man. I can't I even imagine what it must be like being a minor fan at that stadium right now. 
Oh, my gosh, Adrian. The fact that we were, you know, first off, it was a great crowd at, in San Antonio. Hey, shout out to all the minor faithful, man. There was a great turnout. We, we turned up the UTEP section, you know, it was a great crowd, you know. But, yeah, man, <laughs> being up 24 to 0 and just completely just not executing was extremely disappointing on all ends of the ball, man. I, I don't know, you know, I, I thought UTEP came out great. You know, we, we came out great. The defense was playing great. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they just played flat. You know, there's not much to say on that. But they just they just looked like, you know, they just forgot how to play. I got, forgot how to hold the lead, you know, and all in all. But it was, you know, it was a great experience being on the road, you know, watching UTEP play. But, man, it was a disappointing loss. Adrian. Kevin, uh, real quick, what, was it really loud? Was that true or not really? Oh, my gosh. Adrian, shout out to San Antonio, man. They are backing behind UTSA big time. There was a great crowd. I think, I think they said 27,000 end up coming, to the, coming overall to the game, which is, you know, it's not too bad, especially for a San Antonio crowd and a lot going on, you know, in the city right now. And sure. It was extremely loud, Adrian. A- Adrian, honestly, it was, I-, I could see the Utah players on offense struggling to get plays off, struggling to, you know, call plays itself. And, it was very loud, you know. It was a tough environment, but man, it was it was awesome. Where do you point the finger of blame? Oh man, honestly, I I, I think I want to point it towards coaching. You know, uh, during the second half, you know, it just it just felt like Utah just came out flat. They just came out conservative, just kind of wanted to run the ball, kind of want to just like ice the time, you know. And I got to point the blame towards uh, Dana DeMille and his whole entire coaching staff, man. Like, the players came out and they performed, you know, in the first half. But the second half, it just it fell all apart, Adrian. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to point fingers. It was, But I, I think coaching staff is number one for sure. Okay. All right, Kevin. Hey, safe travels home, man. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, Kevin telling us that it was as loud as advertised. Sal, there you go. Oh, man, it was ridiculously loud. I think this is the first time all year – uh, second loudest being Oklahoma, we we understand that, but um, yeah, no, where where um, the crowd noise overpowered Tysher. Uh, wow! You know, if I had wow. to put it like on a scale of one to ten, um, you know, ten being the loudest on either side, obviously UTSA the their crowd at a ten, and then Tysher's voice is normally at a seven. You know, that's where you want it. You don't want it too too loud or whatever. But it was hard to hear him at times because of how loud that crowd was, and you can't really adjust the mics at that point because they're already set to perfection. So that's just uh, the type of atmosphere and home field advantage that they have over there, and it wasn't even sold out. Man, that is crazy. That's <laughs> crazy to hear. Uh, let's go to Augustine, who's joining us next on the phones. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Augustine, welcome. Good evening. What's going on, man? Hey, Adrian. Good afternoon. And uh, good afternoon, everybody. Hey, first things first, got to say hello to my beautiful girlfriend who's uh, she's somewhere in the house, I, I think. But uh, but uh, I'm, I'm just happy that everybody's finally waking up to the truth of Dana Dimmel. Even even his most hardcore supporters are going, hey, maybe he's not that good. He's not that great. Because, you know, when they got that 24-point lead, all of a sudden they just imploded in a way that I haven't seen a, a, a team implode since the Patriots beat the, the, the Falcons. In the yeah, it's Super like a 28-3 to three was, thing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that, I mean – and, and, and just coming out of that, you know, halftime and getting 17 points on you, you know, that third quarter was just, you know, devastating. And and just from a team that wasn't ready mentally, physically they were, physically the kids were playing great, but just mentally they're not there. And that 
and I agree with everybody, and, and I'm happy they agree with me because I've, I've been saying this since Demo got hired, that he was not the good coach. Hopefully Demo, you know, unfortunately will, is going to continue, but hopefully he gets a good, some good players in, and, and, and maybe that outdoes his lack of skills at coaching. So looking uh, forward to next year. So after all the changes that are going to come in for the team next year, because this year is over this year, I mean, no no, no, uh, no, no bowl game, that's right. Crying over spilled milk. But, so what's going to happen next year? I mean, all these players going out, maybe it's the Hardison going out. So we are we going to be lucky enough to get three wins next season, maybe two? That's a great question. And, Augustine, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, you've been on this all year. You've been on this since day one, really, with us here on Minor Talk uh, back in 2018 when we really started. Uh, you were pretty much day one saying that Dana Dimmel, you're not in on him, you're not sold on him. Uh, a lot of minor fans echo those sentiments. Others would push back and say, hey, he got them to a bowl game last year. He got them to a winning record. This was just a step back of the year. But that means that everything, all eyes, everything is uh, so critical this offseason. All eyes are on this program this offseason and to your second point what's to ha- what's happening what's going on you know Cardison going into the offseason with uncertainty uh you can say that that's overblown and that you we should all expect this team to come it back come back and run it back next year but that's not the reality of college football what we've seen in college football just across every team is that hey there are t- players significant players or players who don't get playing time they end up hitting the portal to try to get playing time elsewhere now conversely I would say this UTEP has done a nice job at keeping their main players here now I didn't say best players because they lost Jacob Cowing their best player from last year they lost him to the transfer portal could Tyron Smith leave to a power five program and become uh, a team's uh, number one option at the slot receiver for his graduate senior year sure I could see that Uh, but I could also see Tyron Smith want Wanting to run it back in Conference USA next year, a new look Conference USA with a little bad taste in his mouth trying to prove something. So I think you can make arguments for and against players. I don't think it's really fair to do that for anybody out there, although we picked a couple players and, and previewed what their decisions could be like, you know, this offseason. But I think all is on the table right there. Sal, how, I mean, how do they go into the offseason in your eyes? Well, uh, what, what Coach Dimmel mentioned in his postgame show was uh, some of the positions, and I don't know, what I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was going to be running backs. Um, I can't remember if he said wide receivers. Wide he receivers, did defensive uh, line, D-line, uh, linebackers. safeties, and linebackers. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, of course, you're going to recruit every position, right? you, you got to have depth, and, and guys are going to leave for one reason or another at every position. So he, he's obviously going to look at, at other um, – at the every position, right? But he he mentioned that so far the recruiting business has been pretty good in the off season, and he's happy That's about right. the guys that they did get. So I mean, there's that. But also too, um, it's a long time from now until uh, till the first game of the year next year too, right? So who knows who's even gonna stay committed uh, that already are committed, quote unquote. And um, also too, they may be um, on the benefit side when guys decommit elsewhere onto their team so it, it goes both ways yeah it's a good point they could be picking off other players who are transfers too i mean utip could capitalize off the transfer portal just as easily as they could lose a couple players here and there to the portal so i think it's an interesting question just going into the offseason where they go next uh and how what happens if they win three games i mean i'll tell you this uh excitement's at an all-time low right now i mean it wasn't at an all-time high going into this game utip gives false hope at times uh you know giving up the the impression 
impression that they can win in these games and then fall short in the end. And it was kind of um, a reflection of this whole season. I don't fault the players. I think there were some really, really talented players. In fact, I would argue, how about this? I would argue this is maybe Dimmel's most talented team, uh, just with the most disappointing finish that he could have. Do you think last year's team was more talented? Uh, you know what? I do. Uh, I do it uh, by a bit. You know, okay. there were some uh, some big. Um, oh, you have Cowing and Garrett. Yeah, you know what I mean. That uh, yeah, that's right. That that's number one. We could kind of shut it <laughs> shut it down there. But um, I'm trying to remain uh, trying to remember the name. Was it um? Oh, Breon Hayward. Yeah, Breon. He was supposed to play this year, but he was on last year's team. I think he would have made a difference for sure um, this season. But you know, some other guys two who um who are not with the minors anymore so i would have to say last year oh, but there were still some talented guys this year for sure i just feel like the step up jadrian taylor made uh tyrese knight making a step up having colby hilton in your secondary as a sizable uh, safety yeah. uh he was just such an upgrade from last year's guys it's just tough it, it, and you know i think guys like Dion leveled up i think ronald awat leveled up from last year ray flores that was, was huge, an impact yeah. player yeah i mean those guys really were difference makers on the team so I think in certain spots they actually upgraded and they had uh, good player development with their roster. So I think it's just kind of inter- it's interesting to reflect back on last year compared to this year. It, uh, and you ahead. know what? Too uh, speaking of Ray Flores, we we got to give him credit because against two of um two of the best teams that they went up against all year, Boise State and UTSA, he was right. able to get a touchdown in both of those. Hey, games. good point. Yeah. yeah, and he played great today. I I really loved what Ray Flores did. Just another outstanding following a great performance against FIU as well. Um, this coming in from Rip City trades uh by the way our telephone number 915-505-6009 dimmel is terrible at game management how do you lose being up 24 dimmel is not the answer for this program hashtag minor talk until next year hopefully he recruits a juco quarterback since he's coming back next year uh this coming in from 915 sun city sal this is death by a thousand needles yeah yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seriously is because it's pick your poison, right? If you fix one of those things, you have a way, way better chance of winning this game. It's just which one are you going to value more? And when you're looking at valuing as far as mistakes go, so many of them. Uh, I know what your answer to this question will be, but I'll still ask it. Uh, Daniel Pineda asks, is anyone really surprised that they blew a 24 to nothing lead? No. 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 Uh, Antflow tweets the show. Uh, actually, this one coming in from Shannon Sharpie. Uh, finding a ways to lose always. Uh, this coming in from um, this coming in from Jacob Rubio. Players really wanted it. Coaching blew it. We got out coached in the second half. B Murray tweets the show. Nothing but excuses for poor game management in the second half. This second half felt a lot like the entire game against UNM. Totally winnable, but very poor coaching. Hope Dimmel takes a long look in the mirror this offseason to realize the coaching cost the team some winnable games. This coming in from King Eric. Uh, the fact that they were up 24 nothing and lost is very UTEP-like. I'm sorry, but Brownholtz is a horrible quarterback. No arm, no accuracy, just uses his legs and gets out of trouble. Play calling all year was inconsistent. All right, I'm going to be the, the Calvin Brownholtz defender. All right. Um, passing is not a plus. I'll get. I I agree. We, you know that going into all this, but I like him for being a gamer. He's gonna try to be. He's gonna put you in positions to. Hey, it's maybe a fifty fifty chance that he throws it to the other team, but he's still gonna make plays. And like that pass that he had to Tyron Smith, the forty five yard touchdown pass in the first half, that was very impressive right there. So I'm not ready to knock him. If you're gonna tell me is is Calvin Brownholtz uh, a bad quarterback? No, uh, but he's a, he 
he's a solid, you know, he's a perfect person to have as a backup in your system and somebody who can add an element of running. And he was a gamer today, playing with a torn hamstring for the end of the game. Like, that's impressive. That's, that's amazing. That's a gutsy performance. Sal, if Calvin Brownholtz had led UTEP to a bowl a game, we probably could have counted on one hand how many quarterbacks in UTEP football history have been to a bowl game. Come on. Yeah, that that's true, but but at the same time too, Adrian, it's it's not about making those plays once. It's about making them when they matter the most. And that's and, true. And he, he needed to make a pass late in the game and he didn't. And, and you know what? I'm looking at these highlights here, and he's involved in three of them. You know what I mean? Two yeah. uh, two touchdowns in his rushing uh, or or the you know, he played part in the rushing touchdown as well but still though when it comes down to it you got to continue to make these plays I always use this analogy people might call me dumb for it and, and that's fine but think of it like this cleaning the house right okay your your parents are away you just got home from school you know what? I'm going to take it upon myself to clean the house. Okay, yep. cool. So you clean the whole house. Your parents come home. They're extremely excited and, and happy that you did that. You're the greatest son ever. Yep. Tremendous. All right, next week comes, hey, can you throw out the trash? Nah, remember when I cleaned the house out last week? There you go. You know, and then next thing you know, 12 weeks pass, and it's the 12th week, and hey, this house is a mess. Can we get some help? But remember when I cleaned the house a while back? What about that? I did it before. It's like, no, you got to continue to make these plays. And, and it's good if you could get them. But what separates, um, you know, average players from great players is being consistent and being able to make those plays in any uh, circumstance. And I also felt like at inopportune times they were passing it when they could have ran it. And that's, again, it's, it goes back to when I just feel like they just run, run the ball. Just run the ball whenever you have that opportunity. And they were running it effectively in the first they, half. They were. And, um, you know, that they had some good flashes in the second half. But what, what took them out of that was their false starts. And, and yeah, their, that's right. Their lack of discipline when it came down to it. Because now you, you can't run on second and long, on, on first and long. Because now you're trying to make up for the yards that you lost due to the ball not even being snapped. Yeah, that's a great point. Great cleanup there, Sal, because why are you going to run a ball, run run the ball when you're in, like you said, second and long situation, third yeah. and long situation, and too many times tonight we saw uh, penalties affect that UTEP offense. A couple other tweets to get to. Jacob Rubio, not in the second half. Calvin Brownholds blew it. Um, this coming in from Bernzo. A lot of heart and a lot of fight, just very inconsistent. Uh, this one back from Rip City Trades. Run the ball, kick the East field goal, no interception. Um, this coming in from Sarah, seriously, trying to play at Daryl K. Royal. Did Coach Trailer complain about it? No. Instead, he praised Texas for it. That's what home field advantage is. Uh, Joe Jose Reed tweets the show. Players kept fighting back all season instead of giving up. Disappointed, but better days are ahead. Well, we'll see what that roadmap of better days looks like, uh, Jose. We'll see how that looks. Uh, let's keep it moving. Jonathan Byers, I've been saying that ever since the first year here with Dana Dimmel. Year after year, he refuses to evaluate his performance as a coach, and that is why he is not the right man for the job. When a, when people show you who they are, believe them. That is what Jonathan Byers says on the show. Red-headed girl dad tweets the show. Was a bad hire then, was a bad contract extension still, get what you pay for, blaming L's on music, what a loser. Um, man, that's tough. Uh, the Guru tweets the show. I see and hear the frustration from Minor Nation, but my question is, does UTEP administration and boosters have the... <laughs> 
have the nuts to er- eat the $850,000 and move on. No, they do not. I'll say that right there. Sorry, the guru, they do not. Um, and they can't. It's just financially, it won't make sense for them. Um, the 915 Sun City, how do other Conference USA teams have the means to move on from their coaches? Well, they have boosters who will pay or, or stuff like that. They just have disposable yeah. income. They have more money. Like, look at Liberty in that situation. They're paying uh, $5 million plus to Hugh Freeze, who's probably going to leave to Al- uh, to Auburn. And then uh, Hugh Freeze lost today to New Mexico State. Yeah, That's it, when I thought UTEP could win today. <laughs> it wasn't even close, Adrian. It was a 49-14 to 14 drubbing. And it was I know. It was 42-7 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. New Mexico State is playing for something, right? And Coach Kill is, is doing a good job of, uh, you know, seeing somebody when they're down and, and continuing to to keep you know their foot on their neck. So shout out to New Mexico State in that big win. They're five and six now. But but either way, I'm I'm getting away from the, from the main point. Liberty now eight and four, but it, it was a very very disappointing loss. I think that team checked out because um, uh, Coach Freeze checked out. Yeah, or I think he did too. I think he checked out. out. Yeah, yeah it's not and official, it, but he's he might be uh, heading to Auburn. That could be the case. I mean, who knows what situation goes on there? But Liberty's another team coming into Conference USA. Speaking of, and you, uh, I mean, Conference USA is just going to look completely different uh, as we're going to see it in the in the near future. Let's go to the phones. Let's welcome on Ed, who's joining us on the phone lines. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Ed, good evening, man. What's going on? How are you, Ed? I'm hanging in. I'm doing just fine. How are you? <laughs> well, I was. I'm a little bit calmer now, but I was pretty pissed off. But um, I hear you, man. I hear you. Hey, you know, I really enjoyed the broadcast on Conference USA with Coach Davies from Notre Dame and yeah. uh, New Mexico. He was giving he a lot was. of praise to Dimmel, right? Like he, it seemed like he and Dimmel um, are, are friends, and they they kind of have some history because it felt like he was giving a lot of praise to Dana Dimmel. And I, I think I think in the first half, rightfully so, right? Because Dimmel was kind of throwing the kitchen sink at this game. He was put, pulling all the trickery plays out there. Well, you know, I'm a big Dimmel fan. You guys know that. Yep. Okay, and 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 I I I know that Dimmel is the K State guy, and for me, I say this is K State football, and so that's for me. Calvin was more of the K State guy because he's more of a running physical quarterback, and I think it fits it a little bit better. But you know what, Davies was calling it the way it is. This is this is K State football, and for the most part. Uh, I want to focus on some positives this year because there's a lot of negatives and there's been a lot of negatives all year long. Okay, go ahead. Demo. Go ahead. So first of all, this is a very good physical offensive line, and I think that's going to be intact. We're losing a couple of guys, but we didn't we didn't do too bad considering we lost a couple last year. Remember last year we had Bobby DeHaro, and we 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 did really good this year. Maybe the pass protection was down a little bit, but we still were very physical. So that's one. Number two, uh, a lot of people didn't think we had a second-string quarterback, and I always believed in this kid. And so that's a tribute to Demo and his ability and his staff to develop a second-string quarterback. So 
agree. I agree on that. That's a that's a great thing okay. that you bring up because uh, for Calvin being slotted in the Rice game, doing what he did in that game, uh, doing what he did against Florida International, utterly dominating, and then coming out today playing with a torn hamstring apparently at the end of this game uh, and really killing it, doing a nice job. He had his mistakes. We'll we'll give him that. The interception for a touchdown never should have happened. The second one shouldn't have either. But uh, you take what you get with Calvin Brownholtz, and you got to you do have to give credit to this team for uh, developing him throughout the system. Well, the only time he was coming in is when we were in short yardage situations. For the most part, he was he was on the sideline the whole season. So what he did coming in was great. This was also a really good running team all year long. We ran the ball. We ran the ball against everybody, including Oklahoma. So we ate up the clock. We ran the ball when we wanted to. We didn't score when we got to the to the uh, red zone. But we ran the ball all year long, and a lot of people don't give us credit for that. Um, another thing, we lost Cowling, but look at look at what we brought in. We we uh, Smith picked his game up, and then Akari was getting better. So again, that's another tribute to picking somebody up on on uh, junior college who actually progressed and developed, and we saw that too. So I thought Akari did a really good job this year of developing. Okay. All right, Ed, I got you got to power through some of these cuz I got to get to some other calls, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to say overall, I think we're going to be okay. I'm not knocking Demo. Uh obviously this game didn't end up going the way we wanted it to. But you know what? It's frustrating, but you know what? I'm still going to stick with Demo. I think this is a an up uh, a developing program that's working in the right direction. So I'm all for it. Okay. Um, all right, you're not out on this program. You're still in, Ed. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for reeling off all those points. Those are well thought and uh, well researched as well. You know your UTEP football, so I can't get on you too much. You you know your stuff, so I, I get what you're saying. Uh, very positive outlook from Ed. Let's keep things moving. Let's welcome on one of our favorites. It's Babe Loffenberg joining us next on the phones. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. And if you'd like to weigh in, we've got two lines available. Uh, let's keep it moving, Babe. Good evening, man. What's going? Going on, it's great to hear from you, Adrian. How are you? I already said my uh, hello to Saul there when I was waiting for you, but uh, I'm driving back. I was at the game. I was on the field for the game, and driving back to Dallas now. So I apologize if we have a little bit of a shaky connection. No, no problem at all, babe. Uh, this one was tough. It was one of those that minor fans felt great about. They were up twenty-four nothing, and unfortunately, they just relinquished that lead. And UTSA marched back to win this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. I was down there. I was so excited. I mean, we're up 24 nothing, and I'm pinching myself saying, basically, is this really happening? And, you know, it's hard to lose a 24-point lead like that, but they did. And, you know, UTSA, clearly the better football team, the better players, uh, but didn't mean you can't beat them. And, uh, obviously, you know, jumping out to that lead, that was probably most disheartening uh, of all because if, if you didn't see any of the game and you you just came home and you're at a wedding and you say, hey, what happened with the UTEP game? And you, you said, how about they lost 34-31 on a last-second field goal? You'd say, wow, you'd be proud of them, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you'd think, and even if you went into the fourth quarter, tie game, 31-31, you'd say, wow, UTEP, what a great game. They're in this one. But when you hear the whole picture, it just it does it, it does make you frustrated. Now, there's a lot of great takeaways in that first half, babe, but just that, that second half was just so tough to watch for minor fans. Yeah, I mean, a couple of – I don't say breaks went against them because 
uh, as you probably pointed out, and I've been listening to the show driving, but uh, Tyron Smith pulled off, pushed off from a big yeah. long reception. Yeah. <laughs> how they didn't call? How they didn't call that? I have no idea. But uh, you know, all the false starts just just killed this team. You know, they were constantly in in second and fifteen and third and fifteen, and that that's just a hard way to make a living when you're get penalized like that. And I'm not. You know, the calls kept going against Andrew Myers, so it had to be something with him flinching with the football at center because technically the center can't be outside, right? Right. And, and the I broadcast mean, kept saying that. Ball, yeah, and, and the broadcast kept saying, babe, that I guess his he kept looking up, I guess, and then when he looked up, he'd kind of move the football. So they kind of zoomed in on that on one instance, and they said, well, this is what they're catching him on. And then it, it just got in Andrew Mayer's head, it seemed like, and he just kept doing it. It seemed like he was kind of in this weird funk at that point, and, and the false start penalties just kept going. Well, And the center is allowed to move the ball, so it's not like if it moves – Sure. They can't have any sudden or abrupt movements with the ball. But if he is just in the court, you see it all the time, right, where the center, he's looking up, he's pointing, and the ball's moving. But as long as it's not sudden or abrupt, it's not a penalty. Again, I didn't see it. I'm down on the field. So it's hard for me to say, should it have been a penalty or should it have been a penalty? What did we end up with, five on? We have five false starts there on Andrew. Uh, yeah, it, it, in the end, it actually was five. That's that's exactly correct, and yeah. uh, it was like three within the first quarter, which was crazy enough. And yeah. uh, it ended up being five, eleven penalties for the miners in total for sixty-five yards today. Yeah, and let me just say too, I, I heard the caller talking about Calvin. One liked him, one didn't, but that guy played his heart out today. He took some shots at the end of this game, and and you look at what he has done. So I was at the COVID game against North Texas in 2020 where Calvin got the start basically last minute. Yeah, really and fun Gavin game. Hart, he killed it that game. Uh, and he put up 35. I, you could tell me the exact number, but he they scored like 35 there. He starts against FIU. They put up 40 there. He starts today against the 25th ranked team in the nation. He put up 31 today. So, I mean, he, he gets in and things happen. So, I mean, and, and let me tell you, he was crying at the end of that game. He was hurt. He was hurting physically, but he was hurting emotionally more, and it means a lot to him. And uh, my, my hat's off to him for, for sticking around. Hey, I've been there. It's hard playing quarterback if you're not the guy. If you're the third receiver, you're going to play. If you're the third running back, you're going to play. If you're the, if you're the seventh defensive lineman, you're going to get playing time. But when you're that second quarterback, like he has been throughout his career here, Obviously, you don't play until the starter gets hurt, but I uh, couldn't be more proud of Calvin than, than what he laid on the line today. No doubt. I mean, and, and you you talked about his dominant performance against Florida International. He actually put up 40 points also in that first start that you uh, referred to against North Texas. They end up losing that game. It was 45-41, but he puts up four touchdown passes in that game. Uh, that's just that, that's one of those things. Calvin Brownholds could have easily been a folk hero in UTEP football history easily enough if he had won this game and if he had led UTEP to a bowl game. We talked about this earlier, but there just hasn't been as many winning seasons or even seasons where you go to a bowl game at UTEP. And for Brownholds to do what he did to almost get to that point, you got to give him a ton of credit. He was a backup quarterback. No one saw this coming. No, I mean, he, again, he, he gave him a chance to win today. Obviously, 
the interception for the pick six was tough. And let me ask you, did, did you get an explanation? Because I was there, and I don't know who the receiver was in the slot, but the receiver in the slot left. He ran a seam. He ran like a go route from the slot. And you could tell Calvin thought he was going to hook it down at like five yards. Calvin right. threw that hitch, and the receiver kept going. So did we ever get an explanation? Explanation was, yes, explanation was that the Dana Dimmel did say that play call could not get in. It was supposed to be a check down. They were going to check into a run. And uh, the, the fact that it was so loud, there was like blaring music apparently. I don't know if that's that's the case, but apparently there was blaring music and they had trouble getting the play call in. And that was, uh, you know, as a result, there was that miscommunication on the play. Okay, yeah. But even at the, let me just say, it was loud. But there were like twenty five thousand people there. I mean, go play, go play at Ohio State. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Go play at Michigan. Go play at Tennessee. They're loud. They're loud. You've got to be able to deal with that. You can't just throw your hands up in the air and say, "Oh wow, it's, it's kind of loud in here." And uh, hopefully, you know, I wish this game were earlier in the season because I think they could have built on it and, and and found out. Okay, wow, what 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 happened in this game? How did we blow a 24-point lead, and how can we manage our game and our timeouts and our plays better in a hostile environment? But unfortunately, obviously this became the last game of the year when UTSA beat them. That's right. Ah, oh, babe. I, I don't know where this team goes from here, but uh, it should be fun to watch uh, this whole offseason unfold and to see how UTEP tries to bounce back after a 5-7 and seven, uh, season. Uh, we always appreciate when you call in on the show. It's great to hear from you always. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to next year, 2023, for UTEP football. Okay, thank you, guys. And let me just say quickly, uh, I know it's a disappointing loss. Trust me, I'm disappointed. Nobody's more disappointed than that football team. But – I was on the field and, or, you know, on the sideline, obviously, not on the field. I would have got hurt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those guys laid it on the line. I mean, they played hard. That was a really good UTSA team, a really physical UTSA team, a bigger-bodied team, to be quite honest, than, than the Miners were. But uh, it was not through a lack of effort. You, you can say a lot of things, and you can say play calling, and you can say clock management, and but you, you can't fault the effort that, that they gave today. No, you can't at all. Hey, I, I, thanks again, babe. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Okay. Thank you, Adrian. See all right. Now. That's, uh, that's Babe Laufenberg joining us here on the phone lines as we continue here on Minor Talk. Let's keep things moving on the phones. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Ruben is joining us next on the phones. Ruben, thanks for waiting with us. UTEP falls in this game in the final seconds. What, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I just want to say this. Um, that guy, Augustine, your caller, Augustine, that yeah. keeps calling in is totally dogging Coach Dimmel. Yeah. Let me tell you, um, you know, for as little as Coach Dimmel gets paid and for him to come and represent UTEP and do what he's done um, the last two years, um, you know, when he first got here, he said that in his fifth year he was going to have a pretty decent program. I think he's done that. Um, today, I mean, a couple of calls didn't go our way. Um, you know, the, that face mask penalty, that interception where the, where the running back, you know, went up instead of down, um, you know, and then the penalties, uh, for, um, what's it called on, on the center. Yeah. The false I mean, start penalties. That's it. right. 
yeah, when you stop and look at those three plays or those two plays and then those series of, of, of penalties, that was the game right there. And I think that, you know, after a while when they keep, you know, kind of calling that penalty on, on, on us, I think that that kind of broke our rhythm. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, like, I, I just, I mean, realistically, and be honest, did you really expect UTEP to be anywhere in this game at all? No, no, not at all. That's why. That's okay. when I was leading off the positives. I didn't expect UTEP to be in this. I thought it was going to be a blowout, Ruben. I thought UTEP exactly. was, and that's and why you got to give credit to UTEP's game plan to start things off. Exactly, and that's and that's the thing that, like, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the at the at the um, the schedule for this year. Throw away the Oklahoma game, okay? Just throw that one away because we knew that that was going to be like, you know, it could have been worse than what it was. Okay, thank God it wasn't. But look at the schedule. Everybody in this town has always said that the one thing that they wish that UTEP would be is competitive. Tell me a game besides the Oklahoma game where UTEP got blown out. Well, I would say the New Mexico game, they kind of got blown out. But I, I get your point because, look, they're in the Rice game. They're in the Middle Tennessee game. They should have won both those games. Should have beat La Tech. They were in that game to the bottom, uh, to the wire. In this game, they were in. A, uh, they led the entire game until the end. Uh, against FIU, they blew them out. I thought against Florida Atlantic, they controlled that entire game, and they won by a game-winning field goal. Against Charlotte, I thought they controlled that game as well, and they won by seven points. Most of the games were one-score games. Uh, uh, Boise State, I thought, was way more lopsided in favor of the Miners than the score would indicate at 24-10. to 10. But same with uh, the New Mexico game. I thought the Lobos dominated the Miners more than the score would indicate 27-10. to 10. So I, I would say that, you know, Ruben, outside of that Lobos game, UTEP was competitive in every single game. The, the, pr- the place where I hold them to a different standard is... This is a bowl team from last year. They returned a lot of guys from last year. So I still feel while they were in every single game, it's a disappointing finish to where they could have been, and that is a bowl team. And, and yeah, if you want to say that they competed to the final game to get there, that's very true. They did. But they, they still have to be held to that standard that they didn't get to a winning season, which was uh, the expectation of this group, I feel. I, I, I agree with you that everybody was hoping that they were going to get back to a bowl game. But I will say one other thing, and then, and then I'm going to get off. But we were in this game with a backup quarterback, okay? Very true. And I will not, on any given day, badmouth Calvin. Calvin, I think what he did last week, and when, when the Miners beat, you know, when the, when the Miners won last week, you know, Everybody and their brother thought, oh, my God, this guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread and blah, blah, blah. You know, he comes in. Yes, I understand that we blew a 24-point lead. I get that, okay? But we were in this game till the very end. And the fact that Calvin ended up playing the game in the condition that he played. Seriously. There is no way in the world that you can, nobody can stand up and give this guy the respect that he deserves, man. That's you know? right. No, and that's I think right. That had he been given a chance, maybe a little bit earlier, I think that maybe we would have maybe won a couple of one or two of those games that we lost. But that's that's history. That's history. Okay. And yeah, it didn't happen. But I got to tell you, for me, Calvin, um, and I'm not taking anything away from from uh, from uh, Gavin Hardison. Yeah. yeah, from Gavin. 
because, I mean, that is one stand-up guy, and that's a heck of a quarterback. But I'll tell you what, um, for Calvin to do what he did these last two games, um, he can walk around with his head up. Yeah, he lost tonight, and that's a shame because we're not going to a bowl game. But the thing is, is that, you know, it was cool to watch him come out. And one other thing, this thing about him being just a, a running quarterback, I think he showed last week pretty solidly that he was more than a running quarterback. That's right. And I think he kind of did. And, and today, I think he got forced in, in, into to, to passing um, only because when, they, when, when we started kind of losing the lead and then, um, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to re- rehash the whole game. Everybody saw it already. But to me, I mean, you know, hey, Calvin did an outstanding job. Yeah, we're all disappointed. We're not going back to a bowl game. But you know what? Um, there's going to be another day tomorrow, and, and I think that things will be better. And, uh, you know, I know that Coach, Coach Dimmel and his coaching staff are going to bring in some really solid, solid players. Um, you know, we proved it last year and we proved it this year. They know how to recruit and they know how to use the talent. So I'm looking forward to next year, and I'm not ready to write off Coach Dimmel. Okay. All right, Ruben. Hey, really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Always great to hear from your perspective. And uh, thanks for weighing in here on Minor Talk as we continue. Uh, we've had a string of some very positive phone calls toward the head coach, uh, toward Calvin Brownholtz. I agree with Calvin Brownholtz completely. Uh, I still feel like there's no excuse to blowing a 24 to nothing start from this game. But hey, there's the argument out there that uh, UTEP may, you know, they may not have should have even been in this game um, when it was all said and done. Well, here's a couple. The two main points that I got, or really one main point and then something to kind of answer. But um, when it came down to it, although the sample size is a lot smaller uh, between Brown Holtz and, and Hardison, in my opinion, I think there was more excitement and more hope for the offense with Brown Holtz in. That, that's the main point I wanted to bring up. But as far as, um, you know, the passing goes, it, it just came down to him having, you know, having to pass more than run. I don't even think he really ran much after the um, after that big run because of the torn hamstring or the pulled hamstring. Yeah, that's very you know, true. So, so the game plan changes right there. Uh, but still, though, it, it's really no excuse to, to blow that 24-point lead because there were still mistakes and blunders before he even went down. I agree completely that as well because uh, there were some other points where you could blame this team and point fingers at with this group. Uh, Pinky tweets the show the TV image at the end of the game of Ray Flores. I feel for him. Thank you. Hope more local icon players follow in his footstep and Dion Hankins lead. Thanks to all 600 ESPN El Paso on to minors. Uh, it's 915 Sun City. How do other Conference USA teams have the means to move on from their coaches? We talked about this earlier. Devious tweets this show. Brown Holtz did okay overall. I really feel like he had Hardison played. UTEP's defeat would have been much worse. Wow. Uh, Augustine tweets the show, I'm just happy people have finally realized what I've been saying since Dimmel got hired. Hashtag not a good coach. Hashtag Dimmel out. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, this coming in from Jonathan Byers. Um, Dana Dimmel will always, will never change. He will always struggle with play calling because of his personal habits. He is an old dog who refuses to learn new tricks. Think about the that before you say you believe in Dana Dimmel. And if you do, then you deserve losses and seasons like this. So, man, some really tough ones toward uh, Dana Dimmel. I'll say this at least he threw the kitchen sink at this game. And, you know, he had a pass. You know, Tyron Smith is throwing a pass to Trent Thompson. Like, he's pulling out all the tricks in this contest. You, you know what? It, it went out to the perfect start. That's for sure. Sure, right. but you know the game is four quarters long now, not one and a half, and I think that's the issue. There is that, you know, maybe they gave it their best shot. You know, alongside all the mistakes, they did give it their best shot. Just unfortunately, it wasn't enough. 
Yeah, and also maybe it's not all about the play calling. It's all about uh, ma- game management well, as well. And, so and, there you and, go. And you know what, too, Adrian? We talked about this um, yes. yesterday. We talked about this last week as well. But we said that things that will have to happen for UTEP to beat um, UTSA – we said you're probably not going to out coach Coach Trailer, and you're not going to out quarterback Frank Harris. So you got to play mistake free in every single one of those points. You know, where it really hit hard today. So I mean, and also too, UTSA is just a different beast. They played bad today, and they still were able to come away with. The They've win. won a lot of games like this. They they ha- they really have. Uh, we got a, g- a couple great uh, calls to get to. Ronnie and Hunter back to back. It's like they organize this. It's like we we should get them on like conference call or something like that. But before we get to them, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Ronnie's next on the phone lines with us as Minor Talk continues. 915-505-6009. Minor Talk with Adrian Broaddus and Sal Montes as we continue talking UTEP football. Ronnie, what did you think? UTEP falls 34-31. I thought UTEP would pull this one out, and they just simply didn't. Stop it, man. You didn't think that. Stop. Oh, during the game, when they were up 24 nothing, I thought that. No, not going in, going into this one, I thought it was a blowout. Yeah. Come on, bro. This is UTEP we're talking about. Okay? Like, what you saw today was a microcosm of two programs, one while they're moving to a higher level and one while they're going to struggle to find their self and who they are. Um, you know, I want to give a, a huge shout-out to, to Calvin. I, I thought Calvin was the man. I would have liked to see him play more games um, throughout the season. How many do they win if if Brown holds is their quarterback all year long? You know, that's hard to say, but, you know, I I do feel like he could have gotten them one, man. Like, you know, like they only need one more win, you know. I feel like he would have, you know, they lost three close games, and I feel like he would have gotten them one. Um, He just has a different dynamic and a certain level of of toughness, and, you know, my hat's off to him and what he played through today and what he did, and by no means will I put this loss on him or any of the players. I mean, this loss solely goes on one person, just has all the other seven losses all season. That's that's Dana Dimmel, man. There's just no getting around it. So for the last caller, I agree with what he said about Brown Holtz, but I disagree wholeheartedly about Dimmel. Let, let, let me tell you guys something. Today, you, you saw Jerry Kill win just as many games as UTEP in his first season with a much less talented roster because that's coaching. And that's what UTEP needs is they need to stop settling for a coach and get someone who can teach and reach young people and develop and mold with what they got. And if you, if I, if I'd have told you to begin the season, UTEP and Mexico State would have the exact same amount of wins. Both you guys in the studio would have told me I'm absolutely crazy. New Mexico State had won five games in their last like four or five seasons. Kill comes in in year one with not much talent and knocks out five right out the gate. So I'm telling you, as long as UTEP hangs on to Demo, they're going to stay what they are. They're going to stay a, a day late and a dollar short. It's just no getting around that. Uh, I think the, the tweeter said it best, man. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to let go of play calling. He wants to have it all. And I'm glad he has all the play calling. You know why? Because then we have only one person to put it on. It's not the OC. It's not somebody else. It's flat out him. And since he wants to stay so connected to it, you need to judge him like that um, throughout his tenure. And, yeah. and don't tell me that UTEP couldn't get another coach because I told you guys Gary Patterson last year, another football junkie, 
And what does Mario do? He goes and gets Jerry killed from TC. So, I mean, football junkies want to coach, man. And that's what UTEP needs. They need a guy who wants to coach and get the program going in the right direction for a few seasons and maybe pick or hire a predecessor. But, you know, the, the whole, the, 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 the demo, uh, you know, it's just, it, come on, man, like, stop it, stop it. And, and nothing was more fitting today of UTEP football than, than them to get up 24 zero on a, on a team that's leaving the league and, and then have the collapse happen. Nothing was more fiddle of the demo administration than exactly what you saw today. Six straight losses now to UTSA. This wasn't even a rivalry, and UTSA barely became FBS eligible, uh, you know, what, 10 years ago? Is that is that what it was? Maybe even less than that? And UTSA is completely dominated out of the gate in this, in this series against UTEP. It just shows you where that athletic department is compared to where UTEP's is and just the success they've had over there. They, hey, sure, they're capitalizing on great proximity for recruiting, but other than that, they've trusted a high school coach, essentially, in Jeff Trailer, and look at where he's taking him. He's coaching his, his way into being the next head coach at Texas A&M or Texas, uh, the way that he's coaching with uh, t- with UTSA. Because, you need, like I said, you need somebody who knows football, and you need somebody who knows Texas football, the state of Texas, I mean, and where to get the players, how to develop them, which kids are going to slip through the Power 5 radars, different things of that nature, things that Dimmel does not have his hands on by any means, and not even close, like not even close. I, I think the one tweeter said it best. <laughs> any big schools need an offensive coordinator with head coach experience, you know, maybe a quarterback coach, Dimmel's your guy. But he is certainly not a head coach, and there's no. just no getting around that. Once again, hats off to the minors and how well they played. Keep your heads up, kids. Uh, now we get to look for all this mass portal exodus on, you know, the best players that will leave and see if we can go out and try to convince ourselves that we got better players with, but we know how this goes. Okay. All right, Ronnie. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, following Ronnie, Ronnie is Hunter here on the show. Uh, wow, great back-to-back callers. Hunter, did you coordinate this right here? Did you call up Ronnie and you were like, all right, you go first and then I'll go? Hey, man, great minds think alike. I agree. I agree on that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, as always, got some good points, man. I, I, I like that, both in basketball and football. Uh, and and Babe Loppenberg not too long ago, too, man. I mean, a legend in his own right. Man. I listen to him and Brad Sham for most of the Cowboys games, man. It's it's, uh, it's great to see some of the support we got for this uh, program here. Yeah, it really, hey, it's uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We've we've been through such a crazy week between UTEP men's basketball. Now to finish it up with UTEP football, all the great support we have. People are listening to us while they're Black Friday shopping, while they're not even here in town in El Paso. They're listening to us from out of town. So uh, Thanksgiving week, we're thankful for all the great listeners here on Minor Talk. So uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Hunter. It's a blessing to, to uh, see what kind of reach we have it's a blessing to have callers like you pretty knowledgeable people who know their stuff about sports you know man uh i just i think this game is a microcosm of the season you know it's a season of what ifs and missed opportunities uh you know and 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 i think the only limiting factor is the coaching it has to be because you can't put it on the players they there's no doubt they lay it all out on the line and and uh, it's the coach's job to get them in those positions to uh, to succeed. And when they don't, when you have 100% effort and all that buy-in and participation and you're not successful, there's only one place to look, and uh, that is the people calling the shots. Now, play calling, man, I, I, I was not too upset with it today, especially the first half, obviously. And uh, second half, you know, I think if, if it's true that he had a torn hamstring, which I think 
you know, maybe it's a pool, but anybody that tears a hamstring, they don't just get up and walk back to the, uh, to the huddle. So I, you know, that one, if it's true, I can see why they adjusted the, uh, the play call. Um, but it, it wasn't even about that today, man. It, and, and, you know, people knocking, I, I had, I didn't get to listen to your all's whole show, but if people are knocking, uh, Brown holes, they are, game, they are knocking him. Yes. Clueless. They're absolutely clueless about football. And uh, and we have a lot of those fans, and we got to live with them, so nothing wrong with that. But you know, I was kind of hoping that he got the start leading up to the week. And it's not a knock on uh, Gavin Hardison at all, but he brings a different dynamic to to the game. Uh, and Summer, you know, he's got some intangibles. Also, uh, they kept saying on TV his moxie, and I think that's a perfect word, you know, to use for him. I mean, the guy just goes out and competes. And the defense has to plan. If they would have run a lot more run pass options, I think they would have been a lot better because he can make those timing throws. Uh, he, he can make the good decisions on whether to hand it off or take it himself. It, it adds a new dynamic. And I think one thing that he actually helped, and then once again, not a knock on Gavin, but he makes Dana Dimmel call better plays. You know, he, 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 they kind of simplify the offense. They keep it basic. Dimmel's not just wanting to throw 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 the ball forty times a game because he can't, and so I think having him in there helps the offensive efficiency. Uh, and you know, not a knock on Gavin, but uh, more of a knock on Dimmel. I think if Gavin starts his game, they get blown out. We would have never had that twenty-four point lead to lose. Uh, you know, so today was was not about the play calling. It was not about Brown Holtz. It was on game management. Uh, how, how do you? spend all three timeouts Ugh. when you still got 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and they're all on offense and some of them are on third and third and 10 and how about the one that where they came out and then they had a false start right out of it yeah. most UTEP thing you could possibly do and uh but that, that's that, that's who this team is and and that's they're undisciplined and I don't know maybe he does take accountability and ownership of it but he sure doesn't sound like it uh, he's never once owned up to his coaching deficiencies, which are obvious. Uh, and I think that's the biggest difference you'll see. You know, you discussed this week with basketball and football is basketball tends, uh, Golding has success. And why is that? He, he owns everything that that team does, whether good, bad, or, or, or otherwise. It gives all the credit to the players. This guy makes excuses, talks about noise, talks about who knows what else. Instead of saying, hey, I should have done a better job. I should have come out of that half and made sure we were prepared and the players had what they needed to succeed because they deserved it. That, that's what I feel bad about for is, uh, is these players, man. I think they deserved it. They played their hearts out. and Unfortunately, let's see what happens this offseason. Uh, I think we're going to lose some key parts and hopefully uh, you know, some of the better talent remains and we bring some more in and compete at least, but I uh, look forward to basketball season for sure. Yeah, that's what we're all looking forward to right now, Hunter. Uh, I really appreciate the phone call. It's great to have you rocking with us for the whole season of football, and we're just getting started here on basketball, so I'm sure we're going to talk a ton here throughout the season, but uh, yeah, it's it's a frustrating loss. I know, that, I know that those calls throughout the game were just so frustrating for a lot of minor fans, Sal, whether it be the untimely call uh, timeouts, where, whether it be uh, just some weird positions that you'd be in in the third and long situation situation in the play calls that you'd question or just clock management period it's just questionable decision uh that we're seeing from from the coaching staff and uh it's it was a repetitive uh issue throughout the season 
throughout the season, throughout last season, the season before that, we, we've seen it for some years now, and it, it hasn't improved one bit. Maybe it's gotten worse, or it's just the same, and it's it's already really bad, right? So, I mean, we're, I don't even know where we should rank it at because there you go. it's just a consistent problem that, that's continuing to happen. And, you know, kind of on both sides of the ball, too. I mean, I know there's no clock management on defense, but but game management or, or you know, stopping the other team when it matters the most um, to close out a half or, or, you know, the offense gives the ball back to the other teams, um, uh, to the other team, and, you know, they get a drive or they get a good chance to score some points. So time in and time out, it's not just UTSA. It's it's Rice. It's, um, shoot, I'm trying to think of some teams from, from last year and the year before that. But it's consistent. Yeah, it's it's definitely you're you're a hundred percent correct on that one. Hey, let's take a time out on the show. When we come back, more phone calls and tweets. Uh, Minor talk continues. Presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency, right here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. They've got seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can contact the Oscar Arietta Agency for home, auto, life insurance, or even, uh, you know, when you're talking about renter's insurance as well, call the Oscar Arietta Agency or check them out online, oscarariettaagency.com, the official presenting sponsors here on Minor Talk. UTEP loses to UTSA 34-31 in the second half. It's really, that's where all the unanswered touchdowns came with this UTEP football team and and you know what uh, uh, excuse me UTSA and Sal brought up a really good point in the second half uh, that touchdown drive that the Miners had thir- where they went up 31 to 14 that only happened because of a uh, roughing the punter penalty that a lot of UTSA fans were questioning so even though I called it a good opening drive on in the third quarter um that that uh, specific touchdown drive right there could have been just totally erased. That that might not have even been the case as far as a, a touchdown drive whatsoever had it not been for that roughing the passer penalty. That's what's so crazy to me. I can't even believe that we're dealing with a roughing the passer penalty, uh, I mean, a punter penalty like that that really flipped the um, scoring in that favor right there. Uh, Sal, you brought that up as far as roughing the passer punter. Uh, excuse me, roughing the punter. I keep saying passer. I'm sorry about that. But the roughing the punter penalty and how much that really impacted this game. Yeah, it did, right? It, and that's the reason why they were able to get, um, you know, continue that drive and ultimately put some points on the board uh but i think that's another thing too is without breaks like that and we can flip it around too right utsa able to capitalize off of utep penalties as well um but the point is you can't have those things happen to you but when it happens to the other team you got to take advantage and i mean there were more penalties for, for UTEP than there were for UTSA. There you go. And the road runners just took advantage. Whether they were questionable or not, who cares? All that matters is what is the call out there? What does the call stand as? Or what does it change to? And how do you take advantage of it? UTSA yeah. did that more times than UTEP. Yeah, and they really took advantage on a lot of the UTEP mistakes. I think one caller said it best. Uh, UTEP beat themselves in this game. Uh, let's keep it moving on Twitter. John tweets the show, As frustrating as this loss is, you can see Dimmel developing players. I think we are close as you can see the talent on the field. When is the last time you can say UTEP was the more physical team? I originally hated Dimmel and the hire, but they but give the guy some credit. That's coming from John. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the show, Shake my head, gathering my thoughts. I'm leaning toward coaching as a failure. 
Miners had the talent this year, and when the play calling was on, they excelled. But much expected late in the second quarter, the play calling got away from what was working. I'm sorry, but if you can make over half a million dollars a year and can't make some common sense coach calls, that blows my mind. That's the difference between a million dollar coach. UTSA had only been developing football for 12 years. There you go, Joe. UTEP needs to really take a step back and evaluate how they will not... Uh, not be relocated to a permanent spot as a bottom dweller in football and move forward to being a team that should be in a better conference playing at a higher level. I love UTEP and always have, but I need to see now that we are in a different time and era that they can adapt and keep up with the rest of the country. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. I'm only going to read a couple of these. Hashtag minor, <laughs> love minor talk. I like that one. Hashtag blessed to be able to discuss minor ball. Hashtag can't wait for next season. You know, the sad the sad thing about this is there's always, like, a good nugget in one of them. There's, like, moving to El Paso soon or something like that. There's always a good hashtag in there from Joe Chacon. <laughs> or drinks on me. Oh, yeah, like drinks on me, yeah, <laughs> uh, something like that. But I'm not going to read all of those. But thanks, Joe Chacon. Appreciate the tweet. Um, this coming in from B. Murray, regardless of the fact – Oh, no, this is just a Twitter fight that's going on right now. Never mind. Uh, Esteban tweets the show. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen that one. <laughs> okay, cool. good. Uh, when UTSA started their program, they were using equipment donated by UTEP. Wow. Yeah, they were, and look what they've done with it. Uh, Rip City Trades tweets us, UTEP had a similar athletic budget comparable to other mid-major programs. Why do some programs do more with less or equal? Answer, leadership from the top. Look at what Compost has done for UTSA. Look at what LaTeX has done historically. Hashtag minor talk. Um, Augustine with a series of tweets. Sticking with Dimmel is like doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Glutton for punishment. He gets paid to coach and to be effective. Doesn't matter how much you get paid. It's about what you agreed upon. Coaches get graded on wins and losses. Don't kid yourself. Stop defending mediocrity. That's coming from Augustine. Minor Joe tweets the show. Awful. Lost to teams that they should have never lost to. Uh, this coming in from uh, This coming in from P6. What did the police say? In regards to this... Uh, how about the fact that uh, UTEP, a player, had punched a uh, UTSA player following the game in the face? How about that, Sal? Uh, this is coming from J.J. Pettis from Inside UTSA Athletics, and uh, I don't know who it was. They didn't even name who it was, but that's interesting right there. I, I mean, show you know, that same tenacity <laughs> when it comes to the field during the game, I guess. You know, it's I mean, whatever. You're frustrated because you lost, but – you guys choked the 24-point lead. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's exactly correct. So. UTSA head coach Jeff Trailer at the Al- uh, said about the Alamo Dome forcing UTEP into ace fall start penalties, quote, I would have left if I were those people, but though they are the reason we came back and won the game. Uh, he talked about how he's excited about the conference USA championship game, which they're going to be playing in, uh, but nothing about the – player who punched somebody for uh, UTSA. I, I guess we're going to have to see if that develops we'll or not. We'll see more about yeah. it, yeah. We'll, we'll find out more on that, um, you know, as time goes on. But uh, as we keep things moving, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I think we're winding things down. I think we're kind of looking on to next year and uh, to fi- finalize things with some awards here on the show before we wrap, th- wrap things up. Uh, let's talk about next year real quick. Sal, next year Conference USA is going to look completely different. Uh and there's going to be some uh, 
several new members who are going to join and several members who are going to depart uh, from the current Conference USA list right now as it stands. Uh, we've seen this Conference USA for a long time, and now you're going to see a team like UTSA depart and leave the program, uh, leave the conference. They're going to be leaving to the American Athletic along with Florida Atlantic. Uh, some of the other teams who are leaving for, for uh, the American Athletic include UAB. Uh, there's also going to be North Texas. Charlotte is departing to the American Athletic. And, um, you know, another team in Rice uh, leaving to the American Athletic as well. UTEP will be, uh, you know, they will have teams like uh, Conference USA's Jackson State, uh, Liberty, New Mexico State. Those are some of the teams who are joining Conference USA right off the bat. Also, you're talking about Sam Houston State. Those are others who will be joining as well. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how things change in Conference USA. Kennesaw State will be another team that gets in Conference USA, but not until 2024. But as of right now, uh, that's the makeup of Conference USA for next year. Now, as far as opponents for UTEP in 2024, I was looking at this uh, just yesterday with my dad. We were kind of going back and forth on uh, the UTEP football schedule. And uh, when you look at next year's schedule at Nebraska, they have a – oh, actually, excuse me, this is 2024. Um, they have a game against Incarnate Word, which is really interesting, an FCS program who's actually pretty good. Incarnate Word, actually their offensive coordinator is Mac Lefwich, the former UTEP quarterback. That's a really interesting nugget right there. That's how they open the season Saturday, September 2nd. Then they play Northwestern on the road. This is going to be very interesting. A road game for the Miners against a Big Ten opponent like Northwestern. If UTEP actually comes back more talented next year, or at least as talented as they are this year, they'll have a chance. Northwestern is not anything to write home about. Uh, they have a road game at Arizona. That's another game that they have next year that's already locked in for their non-conference. And then finally, a home game against UNLV. That will be the way that they close out the non-conference schedule. Uh, a home game against Incarnate Word, a home game against UNLV, and then two road games against Power 5 opponents, Sal, Northwestern Arizona. That's a very interesting w- makeup of their schedule, and we talk about that new look Conference USA. That could also be uh, something really interesting to look at as well with new members coming in. Liberty coming in. That's going to be an interesting uh, program to watch. They're having question marks on their head coach in Hugh Freeze and whether or not he's coming back for another year. So that's going to be a, another interesting to kind of mon- uh, thing to monitor as well. But what do you think about the uh, schedule when I just mentioned that non-conference slate? Well, well you know what? Um, I, I don't know where UIW is at. Sorry, I was picking up the lines. No worries. Uh, so we, we got four lines, by the way. But um, I'm not too sure if, UI, um, if Incarnate Word is, is heading towards uh, if they're already Division One and just FCS, no, they're or, only FCS. They're, they're only FCS. Okay, but they are one of the better FCS teams. San Antonio as a city is just a, a monster in football this year. Ten and one on the year this season yeah, for Incarnate Word. How about that? Exactly, and, and Trinity's doing pretty damn well also. So you know the two one zero is just a different breed, I guess. But um, that game is not going to be as easy as people would expect it to be. Um, and also, too, where is UTEP going to be at? You know, at the start of Good next point. year. Uh, so that you know, they have their they have UTEP scheduled on their um, 
circled on their schedule. But Northwestern, it's on the road. That's going to be tough. Of course, uh, Arizona, that's going to be tough. It's on the road, too. But UNLV is, is proven to be trouble for the Miners um, in recent memory, too. So it's not going to be an easy schedule at all. Uh, granted, if you put them up against one of the, the top teams or, or this schedule against one of the, the top teams in the conference, you know, it's it's more favorable. But um, there's just a lot of question marks. So I really don't know how to feel about it. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines right now. UTSA beats UTEP 34-31. Let's welcome on Luis onto the program. Luis, good evening, man. What's going on? Shalom. Happy holidays, my dear friends. Shalom, Luis. It's great to hear from you. Happy holidays to you. You're, you're a great family. Uh, what do you think of this UTEP game? You know that I did not listen to the game. I just We're on the road, but I just heard I just heard from you guys that they were leading. UTEP was leading in the game. That's right. Exactly. 24 nothing. That's right. Golly. God, what a disappointment, man. But anyways, uh, well, there's no words. Uh, I'm going to hang up because I want the other guys uh, that are waiting to talk. But to tell you guys, God bless you, and the best to you, to Salvatore, to Sal, Salvador. <laughs> Love you, Luis. Yeah, my good friend, Sal. And, you know, John Teicher, a friend of mine for, let's say, 20 or 25 years, to good old, you know, the man, who's the man? You know, Kapowitz. Shalom to, uh, to, to Kapowitz. And all of you, I know that you're getting married, right? Yes, that's right. Hey, Luis, we got to get it moving. We appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. You have a great night, my friend, okay? Beautiful weekend. Thanks. All right, you too, Luis. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Adam. We've got full phone lines. Let's keep it moving. Adam's next. Adam, good evening, man. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Adam, we're hanging in. How about you? Good. uh, Couldn't agree more with... uh, uh, one of your callers, maybe a few callers, where, uh, I mean, he said it like it is, uh, you know, Joe Cole, the difference between a good coach and, uh, I mean, a mediocre coach is Joe Golding. Joe Golding accepts responsibility where it is. Um, he puts his players first when they succeed. It's because they succeeded. And, uh, no, I mean, there's a stubbornness to Dana Dimmel. Um you know, I, I I really don't know what the dynamic is amongst him and the other coaches on the team, or if maybe you know somebody could you know talk to him in a way, get through to him in a way that you know other people can't. But um, I, I really don't know who has his ear on the team. But as long as he doesn't accept responsibility, you know, for the play calling, for the mismanagement for, you know, the timeouts. I mean, we are going to be what we are. We're going to be, you know, a, you know, a 4 and 6 team, a 6 and 6 team, a 6 and 7 team, or maybe sometimes a 7 and 16. Um, but I, uh, like we were talking about moving, you know, what does Utah football look like without Dana Demo? Um, man, we need to go to donors. I mean, what about the Fosters? What about the Stevens, you know, the all, the Hunts, all sorts of different big players in El Paso that um, maybe at some point might step up because if UTEP is going to move to another conference, we can get basketball on the right track, but 
for us to move to another conference, UTEP needs to have success in football because that's where the that's where the huge money is. So conferences definitely, I'm sure, look at football first, basketball second. So um, if we want to move forward as a conference, I, I, I really think we need to move from Dana Demo. Wow. Okay. All right, Adam. Uh, what? Do you, how do you think? Where do you think this uh, program goes from here, though, in the off season? You know what? They're definitely transfer portal. Um, you know, he's probably just going to bring some people that fit his scheme. I just feel like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be more of the same. Um, you know, defense, you know, was good at times this season. It, you know, it was our strength, but you know, it wasn't there consistently. It shined at times, like you wouldn't believe, but then at times where you'd think that they'd be able to clamp down, they wouldn't. And um, just a stagnant offense. So, uh, you know, uh, what, what about the receivers? You know, I think. You know, we may have, may have a receiver or two that may step away from UTEP and move on to other things. And um, a, re- a revolving door, I would say. That's what I would say, a revolving Man. door. Man, that's tough, Adam. Hey, I appreciate you always weighing in on the show, Adam. You always get, bring some great perspective. Really appreciate you weighing in uh, here tonight with us here on Minor Talk. Let's keep things moving. Uh, appreciate Adam's call. Let's welcome on UTEP Mineto, who's joining us next on the program. UTEP uh, falls in the final minutes to UTSA, 34-31. I should say final seconds. Mineto, good evening, man. What's going on? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, as always, I want to give you props for Minor Talk. You guys are the best. Pre and post game show in El Paso and the Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Mineto. Thanks um, for saying that. Appreciate that. So, t- so today I want to say something, and this message directly goes to all the players who have been very compassionate, have shared their time with my mother and me, who have taken, have gone out of their way uh, to take pictures with us. You know, when they're heading to class, to and from practice, uh, we want to let you know that all of you guys are appreciated, um, and we want, and my family and me want to say thank you. Um, today was, you know, something that I knew that could always happen. I did tweet it a couple of days ago. The talent is there, has been there. So just want to tell the players that, that we love them. We appreciate them representing their family, their friends, the city, where they come from, and the university. And, you know, we wish them well, the seniors. We wish them that, you know, that they go on to do better things. And we thank them for their time in the city of El Paso. Thank you, guys. Awesome stuff, Mineto. Hey, great mic drop. Great to hear from you. Always appreciate your support and your phone call. And uh, keep it up, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, well, we're going to talk to you here throughout the basketball season. So really appreciate that, Mineto. You have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, say hello to all the family for me as well. Let's go to the mayor of LC. That is uh, Eddie Morelos, who's joining us next on the phones from the Sports & More podcast as well. Eddie, good evening, my <laughs> friend. What's going on, my man? Oh, just here in the neighborhood in Doniana, uh, watching a lot of college football, listening to college football, and uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a night I came back after a game, and I was counting down the games that, that needed to be won to get to a bowl game for the minors. Five, four, three, two, one, and we just came up short by one game, man. And that's kind of uh, I know. it just breaks my it breaks my heart because. It's it's really cool for for these teams to go, to go to a bowl game, you know, to just experience the bowl, the bowl experience, you know, and yeah, uh, definitely. Whether it's the New Mexico Bowl or Sun Bowl, whatever it may be, uh, yeah, they they just came up short. But I ha- I just had a question uh, before I get off, and I just wanted to thank you guys, both you and Sal. This is always a an entertaining show. I always say it: the the minor fans are very very passionate about their sports whether it's football, basketball, or whatever it may be. 
And I just say keep it up to the minors. Uh, so my one question is, though, Sal, because one, one uh, fan said that they ran the ball all season. So I was just wondering what the season stats ended up being um, for the minors uh, running the ball, who the top runner was, uh, yeah. how much did Hankins run the ball. Uh, because there's, I think there's, they could have run it just a little bit more. I, I think so. At times yeah. in particular when they needed to. You know and, what? Uh, so yeah. I just want to find out that that factoid, I guess you could say. And again, thank thank both of you guys, and I'm going to get off. Okay. Appreciate awesome. it, Eddie. Really appreciate the phone call, man. Yeah, we'll we'll look that up for sure. Uh, but but I can definitely say this with confidence: those stats. I don't want to say they're a misnomer, but they're not going to be relevant to the game itself because a lot of the, matter of fact, I got a better stat because this is what I was going to bring in anyway. How many drives were stalled by by penalties? That that had to change the playbook, or how many drives, um, you know, resulted in in penalties that that really hurt them throughout the game. So I think that's a, a more fair stat to look at because I could say, hey, they ran, you know, fifty five percent past forty five or whatever the case is, right? But what percentage of those plays was due to a switch because of a false start or because of a lack of discipline? Yeah, they ran the ball 42 times today. Uh, they rushed for 253 on the ground. They threw it 24 times, 189 through the air from Calvin Brownholtz, uh, 245 in total because you add in that 56-yard passing play from Tyron Smith out to uh, Trent Thompson. On the season so far, uh, as the season wrapped up, I should say, 2,292 rushing yards. Uh, they rushed for 160 per game felt felt I mean that feels a little low knowing how well this team can really run uh the football and then they had 14 rushing touchdowns on the season so that's how that's how the kind of numbers break down right there Eddie hey really appreciate the call Eddie thanks for weighing in let's keep things moving if you want to weigh in on the show we're winding things down give us a call as we wrap things up on a UTEP minor talk football finale uh our telephone number 915-505-6009 Milkman is next Milkman good evening my friend what's going on Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, we're hanging in, Milkman. Uh, what about you? I know. Well, I, 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 you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. But I mean, God, they certainly they should have won, being up twenty-four nothing. But I mean, who? Nobody thought that was going to be the case, right? Um, so I, I mean, I think they really they gave a they gave a hell of an effort. They really should have won. They had some bad things. Go- but okay, I gotta <laughs> first off, I gotta ask, what was the deal with? Uh, what happened when um, when they called for a fair catch and it looked like they had practically tackled him and there was yeah. no call from what what is with these officials like I'm sitting there screaming at the TV like is nobody nobody saw that like what, uh, there's no excuse for that one right there. I don't know if the ref took his his uh, his vision right off Bellin for a second, but that was inexcusable. He should have been called on that. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, Conference USA refs are absolutely the worst in the country. That's right. Nobody <laughs> mind on that. It, it's obvious virtually every week. They miss stuff that the entire stadium and everybody watching at home sees, and it's unbelievable. Like, there's no excuse for it. Uh, it's just, just some unbelievable stuff. But, I mean, there was, you know, they made some mistakes today, and there were, you know, the, some, some of them were very costly. Uh, an offensive face mask, I, I mean, that, you know, that's uh, – you rarely see that called, but uh, speaking of, I gotta say, um, can you help me out here? What what year is Brownholtz? He's a he's uh, a redshirt junior, but he's leaving. He's no matter what leaving. Uh, he's he's going off. He made a commitment to his family to do uh, to to kind of take over the family business. So he's done. Okay, 
All right, well, fair enough. But um, I got to say, I, I, I thought, you know, I, again, nothing against uh, um, uh, Gavin Hardison, but um, it just looks like he ran the offense better. It, 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 uh, I think I said a few weeks ago that it's almost like you, you can't really put your finger on it, but it's like, it's like you, you have, um, you're watching it and you go, oh, they can actually do something. Like, it, like every play, you're not able to call every play knowing what the next one's going to be. It, it just, it, it's like the offense just runs better under him. Um, so I'm sorry to see him go. Uh, I thought, you know, hell, he had a chance to be a star and, uh, and take him to a bowl game. But uh, alas, it's not to be. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and dog Dimmel or all these, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, sour grapes or whatever. But um, I, I, I think they, yes, the season was a little bit disappoint, a little bit of disappointment because they, had a, they went to a bowl game last year. We were probably expecting the same thing this year. But overall, you know, I, I think Demel's headed in the right, right direction, and I, um, I'm happy to see, you know, what the future holds. Um, I, hopefully he can bring in some, some other good talent, but who, who would have thought that them losing Cowing, that they'd even be able to compete this year? And then you see people step up, like Ray Flores, and, you know, um, and now that uh, um, Deion Hankins is running like we thought he should, I mean, God, that, that looks really good for the future, so... Anyway, I, I just wanted to end it on an optimist, on an optimistic thought that you know maybe maybe they're headed in the right direction, and it looks like they are. We missed that bowl game, but oh well, there's next year, right? Right, right. I, I hear you, Bilkman. A more optimistic feel from your end on this one after UTEP drops it and finishes five and seven on the year. Uh, but you said it in in kind of your defense for this team. You said that this team was just uh, very talented and that you saw some of the talent rise to the top. Well, you can't take that talent for granted because there's this thing called the transfer portal. Uh, it's looming here in the offseason. You just get worried every time it comes around because, uh, as you said, uh, you know who thought that this team without cowing would have got to this point? Well, the coaching staff did. Before the season started, this team high itself up to being better than it was last year and it proved to be not the case they, they weren't better than last year it was a disappointment of a year maybe they were more talented this year maybe they weren't maybe last year they were far more talented and maybe last year they peaked but for whatever reason it didn't work this year and as a result I still feel like this year is a disappointment milkman uh, but I appreciate the phone call thanks for weighing in on the show uh, let's keep things moving here let's look ahead to the future and our telephone number 915-505-6009 if you'd like to weigh in on on the program, 915-505-6009. Early signing day is something that Dana Dimmel talked about. He talked about recruiting a running back, a wide receiver, a linebacker, a defensive line lineman, uh, multiple safety and personnel in the secondary. Uh, didn't say outright that he's looking for a quarterback, which I found very interesting, Sal. Maybe that uh, writing on the wall, run it back with Hardison for uh, his final year. You know what? He didn't say that, but I, I don't doubt that he's out there looking anyway. You Interesting. Know? Okay. But I, I say this, though, uh, and I, it's kind of a reiteration, too. Like, you, you still got to get guys out there for depth, right? Whether they're going to play or not, you want to fill up your roster as much as possible because we saw it this year. Even though, uh, you know, to, to have Brown Holtz as a... Um, as a security blanket, the way that they did, it was so beneficial to them. Although they, d- they didn't win the games, but they had somebody that they could say, hey, you're, you're due up. And he's been that guy for, what, three or so years. So I, I think that's number one is 
you got to replace, in a sense, right? If Gavin Hardison is starting, you got to replace that Calvin Brown Holtz in that way. So I still think they're going to look at the quarterback route. Um, and who knows? Maybe some guys that they have at quarterback are also leaving in the portal, too. You never know. But I'm still just a firm believer in you recruit at every position possible because you never know what can happen. Yeah, to be fair, uh, Dane Dimble did say he w- would recruit every position. So that's uh, something to definitely keep in mind. That, you're exactly right there, Sal. Uh, keeping it moving on Twitter, Joe Chacon, I will gladly. Gladly accept the award for this season for hashtag king or just name it Joe hashtag award. Uh, look at Joe <laughs> handing awards out to himself. Uh, Andrew tweets the show. We need a new coach. How about we look for a new coach? The guru tweets the show after the exit interviews from the coaches and players. Start mining in the transfer portal and find a quarterback. One get him on the quarterback on, on the UTEP campus for spring football practice. Recruit, recruit. Let them compete for the job. Uh, this coming in from uh, this coming in from Man- Matthew Castro. It's pretty depressing that UTSA, who's only been a D1 program for 12 years, has done what we've dreamed of doing for the last 60. Mm, man, that's uh, that that stings right there, uh, Matthew. 210 is the day. Tweets the show. We play music. Go talk to Houston and how that turned out. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, I just I still don't like the whole music uh, excuse when it's all said and done. Like. It- Remember this, Adrian. Adversity. This team is so. This team is ready for adversity. Well, there's adversity right there. There you go. That's you know exactly I mean? right. It, it, it can't just be hey, stuff's going against us on the field. It's other factors too. Now, now granted, did it help out? No, we all know that. But that's not the reason why you're you're having trouble with your clock management. Let's, it really isn't. Let's take a look at Conference USA, and you alluded to this during your Sports Center update, Sal. Uh, you talked about the teams who are actually bowl eligible. Hard to find them in Conference USA, especially after today. UTSA, North Texas, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, UAB. That's it. Five teams only. The yeah. Conference of Champions. Only five teams <laughs> in Conference USA becoming bowl eligible. What happened? And, and you know what, too, Adrian? Um there were a couple of other teams who were on the, the precipice of being both eligible. Like Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. We Rice. know about UTEP. But Florida Atlantic and Rice. I want to bring those two up because FAU, i, I got to see the schedule, but um, it, it was Rice and North Texas. There we go. And I'll pick up that line in a bit. But Rice and North Texas were battling it out. And Rice was trying to play um, for bowl eligibility at 5-6, and six, while North Texas was trying to win to, to secure their shot in the, uh, the Conference USA Championship. Sure. Then you flip it over, and it's Florida Atlantic against Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Same deal. FAU is in that same boat when it comes to bowl eligibility and Western trying to get a spot um, in the conference championship game. Western Kentucky won, but it was winning in for North Texas, and they got it done in both games close. So Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's crazy how it all shaked out. Uh, but very disappointing finish for Conference USA, uh, and that's how it'll kind of end for this, uh, this league. I mean, uh, we're going to see a whole new iteration of Conference USA, a whole new makeup of it. Uh, there were a lot of teams who didn't make it in Conference USA bowl eligible. Six out of the 11 teams did not make it bowl eligible, uh, which is something that we definitely have to talk about. Uh, let's keep it moving on the phones right now. We're winding things down, so if you want to chime in on Minor Talk, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Pinky's joining us next. Pinky, good, uh, good evening, my friend. What's going on? How can? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jaime. I'm sorry, Jaime. Uh, I just I always assume uh, every Jaime is Pinky, who's who's uh, who always calls us on the show. Jaime, what's going on, my friend? How can how can uh, uh, miners lose after leading uh, 24-0? I know. How, how do they how do they allow them to come back like this, Jaime? I, I just don't understand. Yeah. 
Yeah, the coach. Fire the coach. Now they can't. Unfortunately for them, Jaime, they can't do that. They have them under contract. They gave them an extension over the off season. So UTEP is stuck with Dana Dimmel for right now. Well, that's depressing. I hear you, the Jaime. Minor, the, the miners, uh, like they say, uh, what's his name? Uh, the announcer on the radio. The miners find a way to lose. You know. Yeah. But, I, I hear you. I hear you, Jaime. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Um, this is a frustrating loss for a lot of minor fans just like you. I appreciate the phone call. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Um, let, let's keep things moving here on uh, the phone lines right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Let's get to our awards. we got some awards to hand out here after this game. Uh, we've been going on for a long time tonight, Sal. We did not think that uh, we would get here to this point, uh, but maybe we did. Maybe we thought that... We we would almost approach that two-hour mark. Is that where we're almost at right now? Yeah, uh, we're almost there at the two-hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> almost there at the two-hour mark. Uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Let's hand out some awards. Let's wrap things up. Uh, let's look over to uh, – and we already kind of previewed next year. So let's kind of wrap things up and uh, give out some awards here on the show. So first off, for our Minor Talk Play of the Game, this is brought to you by our great friends out at Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. I love the selection out at Specs. They do great things like home gates. Uh, if you're watching watching a UTEP game, or if you're getting ready for NFL watch parties, you can just go to specsonline.com to check out the nearest location to you. As far as our play of the game, you got to give it to the Ray Flores touchdown that he had in this game. Ray Flores, what an amazing uh, you know c- contribution he had to this team. Let's get to the call. The snap back. Here's Flores coming right. He's at the five. He's at the goal line. He's into the end zone. Ray Flores, touchdown, minor. And that caps off the play of the game brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods, uh, which, like we said, has been Texas family-owned since 1962 across the state. And uh, just check out specsonline.com to find out the nearest location of Specs to you. Let's go to our drive of the game, which is brought to you by Oscar Adietta Agency. Uh, the uh, drive of the game in this one, I love the Tyron Smith 56-yard pass to Trent Thompson. That set up a rushing touchdown by Calvin Brownholtz. Here we go. Now Hankins motions right out of the backfield, lines up right of the formation. Brownolds comes toward the line of scrimmage and now starts ahead. 20, 15, 10, 5. Brownolds is into the end zone. Touchdown, Miners! And there you go. That is our Oscar Adietta Agency drive of the game. Presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. You can check them out, seven locations in El Paso. And they are the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Sal, I'll defer to you, yeah. our player of the game in this one. You know what? I got to go with uh, Ray Flores. I think he's somebody who nice. has uh, really turned it up these last couple of weeks. And, and really all season, um, a guy who's been you know itching to get his first touchdown as a minor. And that happened this year. And I'll, I'll reiterate this as well. Two touchdowns um, of his came against uh, some of the more notable teams on the schedule. I think it's just the orange and blue thing because it was Boise State, <laughs> then it was uh, UTSA. But uh, no, exceptional effort. And, and in reality, it's kind of a toss between him and Brown Holtz. I think Brown Holtz balled out as well. Uh, but Ray Flores, uh, I got to go Ray Flores. Yeah, I would give him the nod as well. And special thanks to Heineken bringing us our player of the game, which is Ray Flores. Heineken reminds you to drink Heineken. Must be 21 and older. 
to purchase. Uh, that will wrap things up for us here on the show. Uh, just a winding thought, winding down thought from us. It's been a crazy week here at the uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Lubin Go Oil Changer Studios between UTEP men's basketball and UTEP football. Special thanks to our entire team, uh, Sal Montes, UTEP Zay, Angel Munoz, Chema, everybody holding it down, Jason Craig. Uh, it's been a great grind of a football season that we've had. We've enjoyed every bit of it here on Minor Talk. Uh, we get on here and talk UTEP football all the time for Minor Talk, and it's a pleasure to do so. We have such passionate fans here who listen to us, who, who uh, um, check in with us, and so we really appreciate that. We turn the page and look over to another season, which is exciting. We'll stick forward at, We'll stick forward to uh, this um, UTEP men's basketball season, so we'll be right back at it on Wednesday. Uh, but, Sal, it's, it's always kind of you know a bittersweet feeling when football is over, for better or for worse. And yeah. this time around, it was a disappointing finish for UTEP football, and that's how we end things on Minor Talk this, this time around. Yeah, you know, just the ups and downs. You experience the whole season in one game. So if you want to get a glimpse of what the season was like, watch this game. Uh, but nonetheless, though, a lot of talented players that we got to see, uh, uh, many guys getting their degrees and pursuing the next chapter of their life, whether it be, you know, with the degree or trying to pursue professional football. Uh, the, the best thing, though, is that you got to see them see it all the way through. You, you know what I mean? So credit to them. And uh, also even uh, for UTSA as well, it was their senior day, too. That's very true. You know, Frank Harris, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in Conference USA history from one of the lowest, uh, least tenured teams in Conference there USA you go. history. So <laughs> uh, flip it how you will. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what you take from it. Um, a, a tough game, but uh, if you're just a regular football fan tuning in, this was a fun one to watch. Hey, how about the final game on Stadium, Sal? No more Stadium TV. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to miss it because now we still got to deal with with CUSA uh, being in charge of, of certain broadcasts. That's so. right. Now we got CUSA TV to look at for basketball. You that's gain right. one thing, lose another, I guess. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it. I like it. Hey, uh, special thanks to everybody who tweeted into the show, called in as well. Uh, been a great season here on Minor Talk. Sal, any final thoughts from you? I, I feel pretty good about this one. I'm, I mean, like, I feel pretty good about how we wrap things up on this yeah. show. And, you know, we're ready for next year. 2023, bring it on. Yeah, you know what? It's um, it's been a fun football season. You know, hearing everybody who's called in, reading all your tweets, getting to interact with you all. We love it. Win or lose, we want to know what you what you got to say. So definitely, um, you know, we'll be at it again next year. Should be interesting. We'll see what the team looks like. But uh, yeah, shout out to everybody who tuned in. We wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Check out the Minor Talk podcast wherever you get your podcasts on demand. If you missed any of the show, check it out, and we will have it podcast and archive for you later on on uh, the show as well. Uh, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. We're wrapping things up. Thank you to everybody listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.